Hello, hello, hello. Mr. Jordan, it's Lightning and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast. What's up, dude? What's going on, guys? Glad to hear you again. Yeah, you too. Uh, I just want to play this. Have you heard this song before? Because it's appropriate. Sing it with me, Holman. You know the song. I refuse to sing. Makes me sick. High school's over. High school's over. But he's still drinking beer. You ready? Here we go. <laughs> you, Jordan. <laughs> Little flashback there from uh, the early 2000s. Uh, that is something corporate. Oh, oh my wow, God. you just went to full radio DJ voice. <laughs> Coming out of it, that was something corporate straight out of the 80s. Yeah. Actually, I think it was the 90s. <laughs> Jordan from uh, Daytona Truck Meet on the horn with us. So, Jordan, we're happy to have you on again. I think it's like your 25th time on the show. I th- He's now a reigning, uh, returning. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he is. You've got an announcement for us. Last two episodes ago, I think we had you on, and you talked about you debuted the date for Daytona Truck Meet, right? Which is? Hey, June 7th through the 9th. June 7th through the 9th, okay. And you, what we didn't have, though, are some details about when tickets were going on sale, when you could register your truck, when you could register or buy tickets to come in as a fan. Um, we also didn't know about things like camping and things like that, if it were even going to be possible. So, Jordan, tell us the details about Daytona Truck Me! October 12th at 8 p.m., we will be opening up the website to go live you will be able to purchase all regular show spots and vip october 12th friday night 8 p.m boom so yeah uh october 12th 8 p.m on friday we will be uh having the website go live daytonatruckmeet.com so october 12th 8 p.m you can go in there buy your show passes vip will be open as well um we're even selling detailer spots on site. When, when you're talking about a detailer spot, you're not talking about your, uh, so you can have your car detailed there? Correct, yeah. Well, who, on who, site. Who rolls down with a dirty truck? You'd be surprised. Oh, really? Haven't you about- ever heard of the term rolling dirty? Clearly, that's what that means. <laughs> that is not what that means. <laughs> yes, at it all. is. No. What, what rolling about all the dirty. Canadians rolling down. I mean, they've got some road grime they got to get rid of, right? Yeah, okay. that's a good point. I guess there are guys that pull into just before they hit SEMA. All the detailers in Vegas are busy oh, yeah. cleaning all trucks and cars. Mm-hmm. All of them. Got it. All right. Now, you did also mention something to me a couple hours ago uh, that there was some news on the camping front. Is that true? Or can we not talk about that yet, Jordan? Yes, we can talk about it. Camping is happening for the uh, 2019 Daytona Truck Meet. So you never have to leave. Now, no. this is significant because we have had multiple shows where we've talked about the old school truck meet where that you we stay used with to your truck, to, yeah. Where you stay, you party, you guys are in a relatively safe environment, you're not going in and out, um, and the party is there all night. And this is really exciting for me because camping. I would love to do it. I think we not only have the judging session that he's set up for us, where uh, unless he's reneging on that deal, I don't, I don't think never. No, nope, I think he's all right. Good. I'm just checking. But That's I solid. think that we crash, we spend the whole night. So I don't know if we tent camp or are we car camping? What do we do? But I want to spend the whole night. That I, sounds fun. Well, I think what we do is we uh, 
we see if we can get a pickup truck, and then you and I snuggle in the bed of the truck all night long. No. On top of, on top of the deck, right? Oh, the deck. well played. Oh, wow. Well on. played. <laughs> <laughs> but it only holds 2,000 pounds, Jordan, so. Oh, <laughs> might be. We might be a hey, little I've bit over. I've been losing weight. I've been losing weight. We're getting there. <laughs> Any idea how many spots there'll be? Do you anticipate the camping selling out, or what does that look like? All right, so everything's so fresh and new. We literally just got that word today, so we're still going through the details, and I'll have a lot more coming up probably once we uh, turn the website live on October 12th. A lot more details there. Um, camping should be available to purchase your sites uh, on that date as well, but don't hold me to it. We'll see. We still got some um, you know, future details to figure out. All right, uh, before we let you go, there's one thing that I need to know about because uh, Lightning's been teasing me about this thing for weeks. You know what? <laughs> you know what it is? You, you know what it is? Yes. <laughs> All right. What the heck is going on? Because nobody's letting me in on the joke, and I have to know. Where are we at with this? <laughs> All right. So I have been trying to track this girl down forever, and I I did a lot more digging than I figured y'all were going to do. So I, will, I actually got a contact with UCC, and the lady who I talked to there, who kind of sounds like her as well, said that uh, they actually hired that girl from some service. Like, well, like a temp she, agency or something? I'm, I think that's what it was. That's, uh, but they were not very happy with her. She, apparently, she lost her job. <laughs> oh. So that's Bummer. probably why you have been able to get in contact with her, and <laughs> oh. I doubt we will ever see her again at any of but, it. But wouldn't that be an amazing turn of events if she lost that job only to gain a job with the Daytona track meet? He would hire her. That's what I'm saying. I know. Every cloud has a silver lining. We've got to find her. Very true. Very true. We should be ramping this up. Do you have a name? No, no, I do not have a name. The lady who I talked to does not have her name. Sorry. Uh, I feel like the universe is working against us No, it's not. I feel more enthusiastic than ever. This is now we're like Crockett and Tubbs. We're going on the hunt. You know what I mean? (laughs) All right. Can I just point out, she lost her job, but she didn't say there's no G in Cummins. She did well there. That should be worth something. Mm. Well, I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was a lot more tape. And we just, that was one little snippet <laughs> that we, that we uh, latched on to. Why can't we find her? We Somebody haven't. somewhere knows her. We have thousands and thousands of listeners and nobody knows her? Clearly not. Hey. Someone out there. Well, we need her. to laser focus in on Indiana because I, I, I would imagine she's a local to Indiana, you know, around. I'm definitely one... going up there. Will I see you guys there? To what? UCC? Yeah, I'm going. Yeah, of course we're going. Are you saying <laughs> I you're going? Go. Are, are you saying we're going just for her? But we she lost her job. To. She won't. No, she won't be there. Do we put her poster at Waffle Houses around there? Little, yeah, the little cutouts, you know, with the numbers uh, on the bottom. You but know, if you find on the milk cart, but, but it's not a face. 
It's an audio file that you scan on your phone and it plays as, have you heard her? Oh, it's a, uh, what's the square QR code? code. The QR code? Yeah, yeah, we'll do like wanted posters with QR codes and then we'll, we will find her at some point. We need to get mm-hmm. mounted parameters uh, trending on Instagram. I've been working on it. I think I have 30 posts now with it, so. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be I'm awesome. waiting for these shirts. I, All right. cannot, I will be the first one to get one. Jordan, last time, give the details one more time, October 12th. At 8 p.m. At 8 p.m., that's when the site goes live and you can start purchasing your passes uh, for Daytona Truck Meet. And with thousands upon mm-hmm. thousands upon thousands of uh, trucks and people going, I would uh, I would say book early. Book early and book, Last year, book, book VIP, off sold, <laughs> like three day, VIP sold out. Oh, it was three days. It was VIP was sold out. Wow, damn. And what did what VIPs, what did that, what did it cost last year? Uh, last year was 100. Spending. What, what's it this year? We this know year, you. it's actually 160. Whoa, 160 <laughs> bucks. So what? Do, wait, 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 wait. Capitalism has finest, my friend. Supply and demand. What do Holman and I get in that yeah. VIP package that you're giving us? See what so I did we there? changed. Yeah, I did. We did change everything around in the VIP area. So last year it was on a uh, parking service, but now we actually have you on a nicer, you know, patch of grass, and you get uh, your T-shirts at the show this time. So and you get your own special entrance at registration check-in area as well as you will be set next to all the vendors on the main stretch. By the way, this is how Jordan is paying for us to go there. He just raised everybody else's prices. <laughs> yes, he did. It's the, uh, <laughs> it's the truck show tax. <laughs> awesome. All right. All right, brother. If you see Jordan, if you see Jordan, make me sick, make me sick. I <laughs> so many people are in their car going, you podcast. <laughs> we we apologize for all those antics. We, uh, we're very sorry. Oh, yeah, we are very sorry, sorry for we're, those antics. Yeah, we're sorry. We are deeply sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're sorry. We are sorry. We are deeply, deeply apologetic. And very sorry. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> I changed the words just for you. All right, All right buddy. We'll see talk ya. to you later. Bye. Uh, bye. Peace, guys. So we, we should probably start the show, but before we do, we need to thank a couple of our friends, Nissan and Decked. And so I want to tell a funny story that just happened about 20 minutes ago before uh, we started the show. Is it a true story? <clears throat> this is a true story, yes. Was I there? <laughs> Can I just tell it, and then you'll know what I'm talking about? All right, go. Okay. So Holman stops at the, the taco truck before the show. And I'm still on the way here. And he's like, hey, I'm going to get you a quesadilla. I'm like, rad, cool, white meat, chicken. I'm in. Right? So then, would you? can you not drink your Dr. Pepper? I'm telling you a story. I drank it away from the no, microphone. I can hear all these guttural noises out of you. <laughs> well, I've, just wait. I just had tacos and Dr. Just, Pepper. I know. Just wait. <laughs> so Holman, is, he brings me a quesadilla. I wolfed out. I'm super stoked. And, uh, and then I've got my Mexican Coke that he got out of the taco truck, which I'm, oh, now I'm salivating. I can't wait to get my hands on this Mexican Coke. Because if you guys aren't familiar, and why would you be if you're not close to the Mexican border? You probably haven't seen this stuff before. And old school Coke bottle with pure cane sugar, right? A, I think it's a cane green sugar, right? glass, screen printed Coke bottle, 500 milliliters. Yes, with cane sugar that you get in Mexico. This so. says medio litro. Yes, yes. and then uh, and so I'm super excited to have a swig because I had just hot sauce on my quesadilla, and then I go, uh oh, I have no way to open 
this beautiful bottle of Coca-Cola. Hmm. That is a disturbing uh, turn of events. And I was worried that I was going to have to stare at this bottle all show long. And watch and it get not, warm? And, yeah, and watch it get warm and not be able to have any. Now, it's open now. My bottle is open, as you can see. Uh, How did yes. it get open? Well, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Holman, being MacGyver, uh, says, hmm, I can help Lightning find a way to open this. And you started rummaging through your backpack and everything. Uh-huh. You can't find a, uh, a bottle opener. True but story. then I actually saw the light bulb go on above <laughs> your head. It's, it, yeah, it was, wait a minute. And so Holman r- gets my bottle. He takes I'm like, hey, races out to the back. And I, apparently, uh, Motor Trend, which owns the building that we're in, has a Nissan, which one, N, what is yeah, it? Yeah, we have NV2500 uh, high-roof cargo van is our okay. truck trend support vehicle. All right. And what does it have in it? We uh, just installed a decked cargo system in the back of it. And what is on that decked cargo system? A bottle opener. Yes! <laughs> yes! That's right. So who bought you a quesadilla and a Coke and figured out how to open it for you? Thanks, Holman. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> See, look, that is yet one more example of the wonderful partnership between Decked, Nissan, and the Truck Show Podcast. I would be parched right now if it weren't for Nissan and Decked. <laughs> hey, if you're looking for a new Nissan truck or van, uh, head on down to your Nissan dealer. And don't forget the Nissan Titan with a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Wow. It's a no-brainer. And when you need to store all of your tools uh, and you still want to carry cargo, you got to look into Decked, and it's Decked.com. Or... If you have a lot of bottles to open and never have a bottle open, yeah, yeah, that too. Time to start the show. The truck show. We're gonna show you what we know. We're gonna answer what the truck. Cause truck rides with. The truck show. We have the lifted. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that. The Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Do you think that they can tell that we're singing along with that? Oh, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> they have any sort of a decent sound system, they are very disappointed in that. Yeah. All right, so we have a great show. You were in Texas recently, correct? I was in Texas last And week. what happened there? Uh, I ate a... Not, I don't care about you eating. Why? I want to know about the trucks. Yeah, but I went there because uh, well, the trucks, but I had a freaking... <laughs> Come on. Rib. It was a pound and a half. A I, pound I, and a I, half I beef like, rib. I feel like we do way too much non-truck related content. That is not true. No? Do I need to uh, talk to our listeners and have them send more emails about- <laughs> No. Okay. No, I've received enough hate <laughs> from people. I, uh, do, I don't hate 24-year-olds. <laughs> yes. Yes, and, you do. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, and, uh, and You hate and, Fall Guy? And we'll love- Anything and I, vintage? No, no. And I love flashbacks. I love talking about the How can you love fa- flashbacks and hate vintage on the, on the show? Next topic, please. <laughs> okay, so I was in Texas for the uh, the Texas State Fair, which uh, has a truck show every year, which is very cool. And I saw a uh, AVZR2 Bison. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw the medium duty Chevy. Sent you a picture of that. Yeah, in person. That was pretty cool. And then there's uh, some some truck news. Oh wait, wait, go back to that medium duty Chevy. You did send me that. Yeah. And um, that was not breaking news. We had seen some pictures. Shots of that before. That's the first time I had seen one in person. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't it, know that. There had been lots of press releases. You just sent me a photo with no context. No, I know because I knew that you love those things. I do love those medium duty trucks. Yeah. 
and that just looks badass. And it's interesting though that the, the, the big deal was that the bow tie is not in the center of the grill. I hate that. It's by the way, it's just above. Yeah, Chevy that, does center, that. On a, what do you call it? It's the center. You know, how there's like three three uh, slats? horizontal slats, and typically the bow tie is it's centered in the, in the middle one. They've been getting away from bug. that. Look at their cars now, and look at some of the other trucks. And I hate how they don't center the bow tie. It just bugs me. I don't know why. I kind of like it. It's interesting. I'm. I, I think that I will warm up to it. And I will eventually forget that the bow tie used to be in the middle. Yeah, you you won't care after a while. I I just think it's kind of goofy. Yeah, but I, I love that truck, and I would love to see what guys are going to do to it. I mean, I think it would be cool to slam one of those and lift it into the air. That's a big-ass truck. So that's a 6500 series, correct? The one I sent you is a 6500, but they go 45, 55, and 65. And what's so, the difference between the 45, 65? Sorry, just capability. Okay. Yeah, so I sent you the big Capability boy. how? Like, what are they doing to it? It's the same engine. Frame, suspension, you know, all the th- all those things that make it haul more more payload. Okay, got all it. All that good stuff. So same, uh, just a few bells and whistles they're they're adding on. Sure. Well, I mean, what I do, I'm curious what the difference is. Yeah. So essentially, the difference between the 4500, the 5500, and the 6500 is all the class rating, right? So for, in the commercial market, one would be a class four, a class five, and a class six. So I didn't know that capability okay. and uh, you know. Beefier components and more hauling, payload, towing, all that kind of good stuff. So I was just looking for specifics, but you don't have any. Nope, I'm not going to give them to you. <laughs> well, why? Why do I have to search for everything? Because you're the guy that knows all this stuff. I'm the guy that asked the question. You have the answers. Yeah, I sent you a picture of a pretty truck. Is that not good enough uh, for you? It's fine. It's fine. How yeah. dare you? All right, it's fine. How dare you? What else did you see? Uh, let's see. Um, Ram had a little bit of news there. They okay. had the. Remember we talked about the Mojave uh, Sand Edition of the well, Power that, Wagon? That, yeah, and, and that's kind of like a stopgap before the new. The new that's like the yeah. last big hurrah before we see the new yep. model, correct? Yeah, and then they also had a rodeo edition of the current heavy duty truck, which had uh, saddle seats. Yeah, had all the cool, you know, all the Laramie uh, Longhorn sort of stuff in does it. Does it come with a cowgirl? Uh, it does not come with a cowgirl. You have to supply your own. Okay. But you, very easy to get one if you have that truck. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> bumpers are painted on it. It looked really nice. It actually kind of looked like a big 50. I love when they do the color match. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was a nice looking truck. So saw those. Oh, and then the Rebel 12 was there. Remind me what the Rebel 12 was. That's the uh, Rebel that has the leather seats and the 12-inch touchscreen. Oh. So that was pretty cool. Wait a minute. I thought the... What, how, what's the normal touchscreen size? Uh, 8.4. 8.4... Was... 8. Inches. That's what she said. <laughs> what? Okay, so wait. It's Normally, screens are diagonally, right? So you measure them diagonally. Yeah. So it's an 8.4-inch, like more so of a square one of them, screen. Yeah, so one of them looks like a postcard or... Four by three aspect ratio. Landscape, and the other one is portrait mode. Oh. 12 inches of So like a Tesla. Kind of like a Tesla, although I hate using that. Comparing anything to a Tesla? Pretty much, yeah. Well, you have to because they kind of were the first one with a really big screen. With a really big screen, I mean, guys were putting iPads. All the car stereo guys have been putting iPads for a decade. Yeah. You know, but but really in consumer, you know, vehicles. um, The Ram is basically the first non-Tesla to have such a massive screen in it, and it is absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. So seeing that truck in person and seeing the uh, the new leather seats are nice because if you don't want the tire goofy tire treads on your seats like with the standard Rebel right. and the package is only like twenty four hundred bucks and you get the way better uh, head unit with the twelve inch screen which is just super awesome because for those of you who have vehicles that have CarPlay or Android Auto a lot of times you have to switch between the screen and the car secondary controls or the truck secondary controls and with the twelve inch you can stack them so CarPlay or Android Auto always stays on and then your secondary controls are on the bottom so you don't have right. to go in and out which is super bitching or the nav on it's so badass that three uh, D mode okay is giant oh interesting it just takes up the whole twelve inches. 
So you did the Texas State Fair thing, yep. and you saw, and you also got some audio, correct? I did get some audio. And should we play some? Uh, sure. Do you want to hear what else I did in Texas, or do you want to just oh, play no, this Oh, no. Yeah, I'd love to. What would you do? I went and hung out with our friend Aaron Kaufman. <gasps> wow. Yeah. And what happened? What'd you guys do? Yeah, we got some audio for that, too. So why don't we play the, uh, the Texas State Fair audio clip, and then we'll uh, play Aaron after that. Hey, everybody. This is Holman from the Truck Show podcast, and with me again is our good friend Jim Morrison, head of the Ram brand here in North America. And I am at the Texas State Fair, and Jim just uh, dropped some more Ram news, as if uh, launching the 1500 wasn't enough this year. In the last, what, uh, I think two weeks, you've probably had three or four different announcements. Yeah, there's a lot going on, and you know we like to make sure that uh, we keep uh, our trucks fresh. And uh, so we've got a couple new uh, heavy duties with the Rodeo and the Mojave Sand. And, uh, and then, you know, as you know, our, our new 1500 uh, Ram for 19 has got a lot of really cool things happening. But it, we're sitting here in the Rebel 12 as an example of uh, making sure that we stay connected uh, to our customers and our special journalists that uh, sometimes <laughs> give us some good advice. By the way, by special journalist, you mean Sean Holman. <laughs> does not yes he does no he doesn't hey, listen keep listening so uh so we'll, we'll start with the heavy duty so as we know the uh the and as you made official today the ram heavy duties uh the next generation launched next year and so as part of the fel- farewell tour for the current truck which by the way is still a fantastic fantastic uh heavy duty you've got the uh power wagon mojave sand which is really cool blacked out wheels two-tone and it has that awesome sand colored paint job on it so for those more uh utilitarian power wagon owners uh they have something that fits out in the middle of the uh, the desert or the beach yeah great desert truck you know reflects the sun pretty good too so you know whether you're taking it to the beach in california or taking it you know out to the uh out to the desert with a four-wheeler in the back uh the new power wagon uh will really stand out as uh, something special and then you've also got a brand new uh rodeo a ram rodeo edition and that is based on the current heavy duty uh longhorn and um you've done some things to it just to kind of lux it up as as a, a really comprehensive package and it almost looks a little bit like the 1500 because you've got body colored bumpers and uh, body colored uh side steps on it and really just uh, was a 20 inch polished wheels i mean it's a it's a gorgeous looking truck yeah and you know a, a tribute to our uh our hard-working uh rodeo folks and you know ram has a long uh, uh history with the rodeo uh people and when you look around the uh, the parking lots and you know what people are hauling into rodeos um you know sometimes they're the uh, tradesmen dualies you know ready to work um uh, but a lot of times they're the the premium trucks yeah and if you think about it they're hauling hundred thousand dollar you know live in uh four horse uh trailers you know with a couple hundred thousand dollars <laughs> with a rodeo yeah, uh, right. stars their four-legged uh, horses in the back and and uh, so you know we uh, we wanted to make sure that the rodeo edition was something that uh could illustrate our capability and uh, also make it a little bit special uh, with this, the new looks that you uh, just talked about. And then, of course, it's all luxury inside with 100% top grain leather, real wood. I would totally rock one of those. Oh, and dude, I, nice I am truck. absolutely polar opposite from anything cowboy. I don't do anything cowboy. And yet, this is... It sounds cool. No, it's it's a nice truck. It's a nice truck. And to Jim's point, they use leather on the backs of their seats. Like, they use it's leather everywhere. So, you, you open the door... And like just, it smells like a tannery when you get in the car. Like it doesn't smell, you know, it's like some cheap car, like a Hyundai or something like that. And you open the door and it smells like chemicals and stuff. Right. Dude, you open the door of a Ram, 
Uh, especially and it just, the, and it just wafts oh, out at you. Dude. And like you just want to like rub yourself in, uh, you know, Jim Bean black label and a cigar. You, you know, feel like you're in the middle of a giant Rawlings, oh, you know, baseball dude, mitt. Amazing, <laughs> and, amazing. Uh, real uh, leather on the dash and the doors. Um, we even put a uh, suede headliner in that truck because we could. <laughs> well, I mean, when when you uh, when you open the door to that truck, it smells like a tannery in there. It's nice. Isn't do, you, it? do you have any stats on how many cows it took to uh, finish that? Because most manufacturers only have leather on the seating surfaces you've yeah. got it you got a suede headliner you've got it on the steering wheel you've got it on the door panels you've got it on the seats all over i mean it's it's you guys didn't spare any expense in, in really making that feel genuine with real real authentic materials well and you touch the leather and you, it feels like you know a million bucks because and and you're right we used it on the front of the seats and the back of the seats we even used it on the back seats some of our competitors still put uh, uh vinyl rubber action, yeah. rubber on their back seats and <laughs> and we just don't think that's right you know if you're going to pay that much for a truck you need to make sure that um you know you uh um you have the authentic materials in there and and you know the rodeo uh, folks are all about authentic hard work and seriously like this is why ram is doing so well today because that point right there like jim is the guy who runs the brand and he's saying hey if you're going to spend this much on the truck we're going to give you a lot of value and a lot of luxury and we're not going to cut corners and you get in any of those Ram trucks, oh, my God, that, the interior is amazing. And even on the older models, I mean, it's just... So it's interesting that you say that because I brought my buddy Sean. It's the same guy with that, uh, remember, he was a couple weeks ago. When he blew the uh, supercharger belt? Yeah, so my buddy who's got the uh, the CL... Uh, what is 63, it? 63, uh, I think, right? 63 AMG, right. <clears throat> He's got too many toys. And uh, I borrowed his 2014 Ram 67. And it is, it's pretty much bone stock. And you get in, you go, and I and I look around immediately, just assume that everything's been upgraded, and I go, no, that's all stock, and yeah. it's it's so quiet inside, and it, I, you know, I've I've told you many many times that I have not been traditionally a Ram fan, but boy, do they step up on these later. Oh trucks. yeah, the, the the late anything, especially since I think the last update was, I think it was the fourteen truck, and where they got the uh, the center stack and the be, uh, was, better head unit. I think it was the thirteen forward. Maybe maybe that's sure, yeah might, might be th- yeah it might be thirteen half ton and fourteen heavy duties but as old as that truck is coming out in 09, it's still relevant today like they've done a great job to update it and keep it competitive and it's it's really impressive so no now seeing where they're going with the fifteen hundred and still being that impressed with the current HD it's like man that new HD is going to be pretty nice yeah and um, you know this truck will work incredibly hard too I mean it's got you can you can equip it with a nine hundred and thirty uh, pound feet of torque uh, Cummins turbo diesel it's got the uh, uh, fifth wheel and gooseneck uh, trailer tow prep packages in it you can tow a thirty thousand pound trailer with one of our dualies and, and be and uh, be surrounded in sumptuous leather the entire time exactly <laughs> and we made sure that we included the the um, some of the the class exclusive stuff that we have in our um, in our heavy duty trucks because uh, like our air suspension, so you can you know touch the the air suspension uh, in a button and uh, and lower the uh, lower yeah. the truck. Use the camera that's you know that's showing back at, yeah, the, yeah, the, uh, at the hitch. It, yeah, the you've got the cam. a cargo cam in yeah. addition to your backup cam in the tailgate. You got a cargo cam that's up in the third brake light. Yep. So you can actually hook up, not only see your your regular hitch, but if you're doing a fifth wheel. Um, or a gooseneck, you can back up and use the cargo camera to do that as well. Yes, I do that a lot. It's almost like playing a video game. <laughs> you know, you, you touch the, you, know, you drop the air suspension, you yep. back under. If you get the height of your trailer just you right, can pick it up. You don't even have to crank the trailer. <laughs> it's uh, it's ideal. Um, and then uh, you just have to jump yeah. out uh, and, and lock the trailer down and, and plug it in. The plug is right there in the box. Can I point something out, Holman? Sure. And you probably take this for granted. But this is the head of Ram Trucks. This is not a marketing dude. 
I mean, I know you know that. I'm just saying, hey, listeners, it's pretty heavy duty. <laughs> and uh, and you're all set. It's so. definitely one of those Ram special features with air suspension that you can actually go and do uh, you know one person trailer hookup very easily. Um, okay, and then also the last of the heavy-duty news is on your cha- uh, chassis cabs. Last year, you introduced the Harvest Edition in the other trucks. Now to chassis cab, you can get the New Holland uh, Blue or the Case Red. So if you're a New Holland or Case farm implement owner, you can get your chassis cab to now match the rest of your equipment on the farm. Yes, for sure. And and the kind of the story behind the story is, full full disclosure, we kind of screwed up. And the, <laughs> and some of the some of the guys were like, "Hey, I need a 5500, you know, with a uh, with a rancher body on my. Why do you leave me out?" And we're like, so basically last year they did the harvest edition with either the case or new Holland colors, but they didn't do it to the chassis cabs. Oh. So all the farmers who have utility bodies and stuff are like, well, hey, how about us? So they went back and made it available for this year. Oh, no. So if you own one of those tractors and you can have your tractor color match your truck, which is pretty cool. Why did you leave me out? And we're like, ah, we didn't mean <laughs> to. Sorry, we'll catch up. So we are catching up for those uh, folks because you know, the, uh, the, the um, farm people that are you know, really dialed in with their, um, you know, their, their brand loyalty yeah, to, absolutely. to Case and yeah. uh, New Holland, they want to be able to show off those brand colors. And of course, with our uh, our corporate cousins and our connection uh, yeah. with Case and uh, and New Holland, uh, we're able to uh, to do that. And and uh, so this, you know, we've added into our chassis, and uh, so you got a good hardworking truck. We've added in technology as well. So every every chassis that we build will include our four C connected radio. Um, you know, gets the serious weather serious weather map. Um, you know, because you know, knowing the weather and knowing where yeah. that uh, that weather's coming through is really important to our uh, to our farm friends for sure. You release the new fifteen hundred. You're keeping the uh, heavy duties fresh until the uh, the new platform comes out next year. How have the sales been with 1500? I, I heard it, the first what is it quarter that they've been out is is pretty phenomenal. You guys are pretty happy with the numbers. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's a good indication that you know we're attracting new customers with the new Ram 1500, and we're also um, holding on to our current customers. And uh, we're doing that with both a combination of our classic model and uh, and the introdu- introduction of the all new 2019. Uh, but yeah, happy to report uh, here of last month, our sales for the Ram 1500 were up 55%. <laughs> 55%. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a good number. Of course, yeah. you could always do better, but yeah. you know, it's it's a really good uh, indication that. But you're not even. Hold on, 55% is right. huge. And I think I talk about it in the audio, but keep in mind they started with basically Hemi crew cabs. They didn't make uh, extended cabs. They didn't make V6s. They didn't no diesels yet. And so they don't even have a full lineup out. So can you even imagine? Indication that... But you're not even ramped up. You don't even have all the cab configurations out yet. You don't have all the engine configurations out, all the trim levels. You sort of start, or you sort of started out with um, the 5.7 Hemi non-e-torque crew cabs and have sort of trickled into the other things. So this early in the production cycle to have that kind of success, I think, is a good indicator of what's to come. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so, Sean. And I think, you know... Um, you know, a really good indication. It's, it's, you know, you guys are writing a lot of really nice things about the truck. Our customers are saying, you know, a lot of really nice things. Heck, I got a dealer um, from Texas send me an email um, as he was driving into his dealership uh, yesterday. Um, there was a Tundra, there was an F-150, and a GMC truck. They're all in there for trade. Wow. So those, that was his complete lot. I got to show you the picture, <laughs> but it was, it was his, his lot, the people that were, uh, you know, uh, dropping off their trucks yeah. for a new Ram. You know what I got to say? Not one Nissan. Not one Nissan. <laughs> <laughs> they were all competitive trucks. So I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's great. The news is getting out. It's a great truck. Um, I've had a chance to spend a lot of time in it. Um, I've had a chance to talk. Had a lot to do with it. 
Well, I don't know about that, but uh, I did. I, I will say that thank you for including me in part of the process and and uh, and letting me put some input on on what the truck should be. And um, you know, one of the things I, I think were the fruits of our conversations is the truck that we're sitting in right now. And when you first showed me the Rebel, I said I love everything about it, but I really would love to see a luxury package because not everybody wants to have the tire treads on their seat, so I'd love to have leather. And for those off-road guys like myself who don't want to give up technology and luxury, I really want the 12-inch screen. And lo and behold, here we are, Texas State Fair, less than a year later, and you're like, hey, come check out our new truck, the Ram 1500 Rebel 12. Why don't you uh, walk us through the decision to do this and, and what it means to the Ram brand? Well... I paid attention. I remember that first conversation in the dome um, in December, and, and uh, you know, it's one of those head slappers. Like, ah, damn, he's right. Uh, you know, and what do we do? So, you know, quickly talk to our uh, engineers and our product planners. And you guys can't see Holman, but he reached over his back and patted himself just now. That's not true. It is true. Hey, you know, everybody who's out there who wants a rebel and wants a twelve-inch screen, you're welcome. That's all I'm going to say. All right. And uh, you know, thankfully, you know, it wasn't uh, you know a complete tear up. And I think Ryan had the hardest work, you know, trying to, to redesign to hold on to the, you know, the anodized red that yeah. he has in this. And that's interior. Ryan Agoti, who was actually on episode, I believe, number one of the Truck Show podcast and talked about his designs, the chief designer uh, for the Ram interior. And uh, he's done a fantastic job of keeping the Rebel cues while fitting the big screen in here. Yeah, and it, and it just fits in like it should be there all the, the whole time. So, you know, the, um, the, the uh, luxury editions are a nice add. And I think, you know, a lot of uh, it is, you know, we're getting some good feedback from our customers as well well that say hey you know i i uh, I, I take my truck off road or i just like that image yeah. of the uh you know the big wheels and tires the lifted truck the more aggressive uh, front end you know with the uh, the steel bumpers and the uh the blacked out rem look and the grill it's uh it's, it's it's you know it's resonating well in the marketplace our new rebel and this is a nice way to add the luxury touches for those that are uh, looking for it have you talked about pricing yet for somebody who wants to go from a standard rebel to the the rebel 12 yeah it's just about two thousand dollars okay and that gets you the uh the 12 inch radio uh the sirius um uh 360l uh platform the Harman Kardon 900 watt 19 speaker sound, which is system. amazing, by the way, uh, and the leather huh. and the leather guts. Have you heard that system yet? Because Ooh, 19 yeah. speakers. So, wow! And if you if you where are there, they all everywhere? So including that, so the I'm headliners. Imagine, oh, so what I'm imagining? Oh, headliners, headliners, well. Okay, so I'm imagining um, you've got center stage, right, yeah. right below on the dash below your rear view mirror. I'm imagining two, three and a half, or four inch in the dash on the left and the right, facing up towards the glass, so you've got a, a reflection. Then you've got uh, speakers in your pillars, in your A pillars, right? Then you've got uh, you would have mid base in your doors, maybe tweeters up top in your in your front doors. Do you have separates or coax in your? Uh, in your in rear doors, any idea? I have no idea. You got to have a subwoofer in the back, and then you. But I think there's even about... tweeters in the doors as well. That's what I said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so they, they have, and they're beautiful on the high end vehicles that have, so like on a, a, a Laramie yeah. um, Limited, which is their top of the line. That's the one that has the real tuxedo black leather wood, and it's just amazing. Just like in a, uh, I guess the Mercedes kind of started it, where they have those really beautiful stainless steel grates. Right. Same thing in the Ram truck, stainless steel grates over the speakers they're called grills by the way not grates okay a grate is something you walk over on the, on the whatever street. anyway those <laughs> uh they don't even look like a grill they're just like beautiful pieces of art but man that's real wood real leather um it's just phenomenal so that thing sounds unbelievable i could never figure out my buddy had a toyota and there were speakers 
behind the headliner, right above your head. Mm -hmm. And they were so muffled. And I said, and it was weird because one day I was stretching and I put my hands above my head. And you feel vibrate? And I was, it was vibrating. And I go, wait a minute. And then I turned the volume down on the stereo and it went away. I turned it up. I go, are you kidding me? They put, <laughs> why would you ever put speakers behind the headliner? Yeah. I don't even get that at all. Well, the Rams have them in the headliner with grills over them. Ah, well, that makes sense. Yeah. This one, there was a speaker above the headliner with no perforation, nothing. Well, keep in mind, too, that all Ram Hemis have uh, uh, white noise. I mean, you experienced that as well. Yeah. So this this stereo system works in conjunction with the white noise, noise cancellation. I mean, gotcha. it's it's pretty impressive. Which so, sounds, I mean, I, I, you know, if to get this quality of leather seats in the aftermarket, you'd be approaching that price anyway. Yeah, for sure. And you're basically getting the big 12-inch touchscreen, which, for those of you who haven't seen the 12-inch touchscreen in the Ram, it's it's vertical. So it's basically, if you think of two standard radios, one stacked on top of the other, but a full 12-inch screen. What's nice about it, and I think we've talked about this on the show before, is the fact that you can do CarPlay or Android Auto, and in a lot of vehicles, you have to switch between CarPlay and the secondary controls in the vehicle. In the Ram with the 12-inch screen, CarPlay stays on half, and you you still have access to all of your secondary controls on the bottom, which make it really convenient to do other things uh, while you're listening to the Truck Show podcast, streaming on your... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Well, you know, the, the first time you mentioned that uh, as, a, as, a, as an advantage, I've spent a lot of time because, you know, I, uh, I ride in a truck all the time. Sometimes it's a heavy-duty, sometimes it's the new Ram 1500 light-duty truck, but all the time I'm higher than the uh, the drivers yeah. in their cars beside you. And you can see, you know, the, the, uh, you know, the, the driver's that are with the smaller screens that have to flip back and forth between Absolutely. CarPlay and whatever. And I've seen that happening, yep. you know, on the road, and that's actually bad because you're, you know, you're distracted, yeah, because you're looking for stuff. And uh, um, and then from that perspective, you end up, um, you know, being able to run everything, which is great to have two apps running at the same time, and and uh, that's great. I love Apple. Uh, CarPlay and, and live by it and use oh, the audio controls all the time. It's great. I, uh, I, I enjoy it because I drive a lot of different vehicles. So for me, it's nice to have the same interface no matter what vehicle I get in, right? And yes. So that's, it's nice from that standpoint. Well, Jim, thank you so much for carving out the time today to, to talk about the uh, the 2018 uh, and 19 Ram lineup. I know there's plenty of more news to come, and I know you guys don't sit still and uh, continued success on the uh, launch of the Ram 1500. Sean, great talking to you. All right, thanks, Jim. See you. Well done, Holman. That was good. That was yeah. a solid interview. And for those people who don't know, he's the freaking head of Ram Trucks. Yeah, Jim Morrison, uh, head of Ram Trucks North America. Uh, super, super great guy. He and I have got a long friendship. He actually used to uh, oversee the marketing for Jeep back in the day and uh, was promoted in uh, over Ram a few years ago. So we took that relationship he and I had at Jeep and uh, were able to uh, to go to Ram. And if you remember, uh, Ram came out with those giant chrome RAM letters that yes. were just like almost obnox- obnoxious. Yes. They no, What do you mean almost? They are obnoxious. They are obnoxious. I remember uh, one of the Ram executives at the auto show and they unveiled it and it was like, I like the crosshair grill, so seeing the nostrils and stuff wasn't really, it took me a while to warm up to that. Right. And I definitely didn't like the RAM on the back. And so, because I felt like that generation of truck, which was designed by Ralph Gilles, was very clean. And I just feel like it was a gratuitous add-on, and, and it was unnecessary because of how, how pretty that truck was and, and the original design of it. And I remember telling uh, Bob at the time, who was in the role that Jim's in now, I said, you haven't taken this truck to California, have you? He's like, what do you mean? I go, because if you park that in California, you'll start brush fires. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, But one of the first things, to Jim's credit, if you notice, I believe it was probably like 2016 or something like that, Ram went away from those big chrome letters, except for on like one package, and they went to blacked out. That was Jim's doing. 
Like oh. he's the one who came in and we talked. I'm like, I don't really like that. And that was one of the things that Jim's like, yeah, I'm going to, ch- I'm going to change that because I think it's a little bit too much. It was just ostentatious. Yeah. And, yeah. but that was because dealers were asking for it. So like the Texas dealers were like more Chrome, more Chrome, more Chrome. And Ram's like, okay, is this enough? And they're like, no more. And it's like, no, we're not doing more. Can't, we can't Chrome, we can't Chrome the roof and the wind in the windshield, you know? More. Um, yeah. But I mean, they, they sell them like crazy. Yeah. So, uh, the, the next interview is, uh, with our friend from Nissan, Brent Hagen. He's, uh, he's been on before one of the product planners. And so he's talking about the upgrades to the 2019 uh, Titan. And so Nissan, uh, listen, if you think about it, the first trucks that came out in 16 were XDs and then 17 were the uh, standard Titans. This is in response to all the customer feedback that very first year. So only two years later, they've added a bunch of nice uh, convenience features and things like that. So that's what we're going to talk about here. Hey, everybody. This is Holman with the Truck Show Podcast. And uh, with me right now is our good friend, Brent Hagen, who is the product manager for Armada Frontier and Titan. Is that correct? That's exactly right. <laughs> you got it. Well done. We were, we were trying to remember all the things you're responsible for <laughs> and uh, what order we should say them in. So uh, so big news for uh, Titan for 19. Uh, you guys have some pretty nice upgrades that were a direct result of customer feedback from the uh, 17 models. So why don't you walk us through that? Yeah. So I mean, exactly what you mentioned. We listened to the customers and right when we launched, a couple of things that immediately stuck out. Customers said, hey, we want a bigger uh, diesel exhaust fluid tank, DEF tank. Uh, so it was one of the very first things we addressed. We were increasing it over 50% for those Titan XD diesel customers. Yay! <laughs> extended range there. On the ha- having driven the XD cross-country and having to fill up DEF before I got to California, <laughs> I will say on behalf of all XD owners, uh, I am super appreciative of that. You are welcome. Uh, they go, the, 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 all the praise and, and hard work goes to the engineering development team, obviously. Another thing that we heard a lot was Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, right? Everybody said, why in the world we want Apple CarPlay and Android Auto? So we've made that standard. We have an all-new... Um, audio system. It's standard 7-inch across the whole board. So you get a single cab S-grade truck and you get a 7-inch display oh, that's cool. with Apple yeah. CarPlay and Android Auto and then we've added two USB ports in the front that come standard across the board. So Again, thank technology. you. Yeah, you're very <laughs> that's welcome. The, that's so you, truck your wife you and you in. don't have to sit there and fight over USB ports, right? You're selectable between the two, both in the front or connected to the radio. Um, so we did that. Apple CarPlay and Android Auto mentioned that. 7-inch display standard. Um, we also added the rear door alert. So very widely popular on on our other products, customers put something that's very precious to them in the back. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it be a living or innate, innate object. Uh, if they want to remember to get when they get out of the vehicle, uh, it's got a visual alert on the dash. And then if you don't do anything, if you don't open that back door up and you walk off, you lock the door, it will chirp at you, honk at you. And say, so hey, I, I've got the perfect uh, example for this. I know a lot of people are thinking, how how could you forget your kid in the backseat? So this isn't about a kid. You talked about a, uh, a, a an object, right? Yeah. My dad... And I tell lots of stories about my dad on the podcast because uh, I'm continually humored by him. Um, He once got, as part of his Christmas bonus, a honey-baked ham. And we were so excited about the honey. Are you going to tell me he left his honey-baked ham in the car? Just keep listening. And we were so excited about the honey-baked ham. My dad's bringing home a honey-baked ham for dinner. And he left it overnight in the back (laughs) of his car. Oh, those things are cheap. I know. So to this day... He has not lived down the fact that we did not have the the honey baked ham because he had left in the car overnight. And I will say right now, Nissan Titan and uh, the rear door alert system will would have saved our uh, holiday meal. A, it would have. B, he was just <laughs> keeping it warm for you, man. He's putting the warm <laughs> yeah, in the door. Right? Just send it, man. Eat it. Uh, <laughs> I, I almost did. That, that exact story is exactly how it came about. So shout out to Marlene Henry and, and Elsa Foley. Uh, Marlene had an experience where she made made a pie and she left in the back seat. 
and totally forgot about it and it melted and went nasty and dude she makes amazing pies <laughs> I, that, that is abuse right there yeah that pie did went. not die a hero no it didn't <laughs> but she had the idea that came from it it's really great so we've got that uh, one of the other things that we heard from the customers XD diesel customers or XD customers in general towing hey I've got a fifth wheel I've got a gooseneck you built the fifth wheel hitch into the bed but I've got to drape my trailer yep. harness all the way over and uh, onto the bumper and connect yeah. the seven pin in there. That so, was one of our complaints as well because you have the one ten outlet back there. You can exactly. plug in your tools. Exactly. And we didn't want to sacrifice that one ten. Yeah. So now we have the one ten on the driver's side and a mirror copy that on the passenger side in the same spot. We have a seven pin location as awesome. well, so you don't have to drape that over, which is really really nice. Uh, we added two USBs in the rear, two illuminated rear, uh, USBs in the back of the, the center console, which is a, a big upgrade. And then one of the other things that we did is two new colors. We're really, I'm a Tennessee fan, got to admit, <laughs> I'm really excited about these. But we've got a new orange color, which really pops. It replaces the yellow, which is our bright, vibrant, catch-your-attention type color. Uh, this new one's called Moab Sunset Metallic. It's a beautiful, bright orange. And it just happens to be really close to the volunteers' colors. Just so happens, go Vols. You know, uh, you're not seeing this right now, but uh, but Brent hiked up his pant leg, and under his cowboy boot is his uh, his volunteer uh, socks. So uh, yeah, it's just a tough week to be a Volunteers fan. I got to admit, that. Well, I, I'm a USC fan. We've had a couple of tough weeks ourselves. So <laughs> let's not go into football because right, I don't want to we'll be depressed. Let's, let's start we're talking in Texas, and it's an orange. <laughs> and we're talking exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so that one, and then the second one that we have is a, a really beautiful green color. It looks almost black for those customers that don't want a loud and bright green sure. all the time. It looks almost black, and then when the sun hits it, you get that intense pop of this deep, like, jasmine-type green, and it's called Midnight Pine. It's a really beautiful color. Everybody's excited about it. Uh, Sunset Metallic, uh, Sunset, Moab Sunset Metallic will be strictly for Pro 4X, but Midnight Pine will be available on Pro 4X, SL, and Platinum. So awesome. some, of the, some of the updates and changes for 19 model year. Sounds like they really listen to their customers. I mean, they're yeah. really making some fast changes. Well, if you think about that, you know, it, it may not sound like you know, oh, that's not a lot. That's a lot of in, little engineering changes. I mean, you think wiring schematics and, you know, they even redesigned the back of the uh, front center console. So your knee doesn't hit it because they're seat warmer buttons. And now the seat warmer buttons in the for the back seats are recessed. Oh. And so if you're carrying something or, so what would happen is you'd put something on the floor in the back and it would turn on the seat heater. Then somebody would get in the truck <laughs> and go, why is this thing so hot? And so they, they're actually recessed a little bit. So, I mean, it's all those little touches. Again, the seven pin harness being in the bed, that's huge. Yeah. That I mean, you don't have to drape your, your cable over the tailgate anymore. It's right there in the bed with your hitch. Um, the new stereo system uh, is awesome. They have a, uh, a new head unit with new software that I actually got to sample in the new Nissan Kicks, which is their, their cool little car. And I had texted Brent, and I said, this needs to be in the Titan yesterday. And he texts me back a smiley face. And that was about, <laughs> that was about a month ago. And so that's, you know, he's like, surprise, it's in here. So um, one of my not-so-favorite features about the Titan where I, I really felt like they could have upped their game because I've experienced other Nissan products with the new software mm-hmm. uh, was the head unit and navigation. And now it's, the interface is really crisp, um, fast, um, really easy to use. The CarPlay, obviously, in Android Auto is How's huge. How's the nav? Way better, way okay. better, much improved all the way around. So it's just that the truck is still a great truck, but that thing you interface with every single day got that much better. Oh, that's great. All right, well, thanks for walking us through. Obviously, uh, we love Titan, we love Nissan, we really appreciate uh, we really appreciate the fact that you guys sponsor the podcast and uh, love the updates to nineteen. It's all the little things that just make the truck that much better, and I think. Uh, 
people out there who are looking for a Titan, uh, the 19, you'll be uh, really impressed with the, with the stereo. And, and last thing, if we don't mention, I mean, every, every customer, if you have an opportunity, go listen to this new Fender audio system. Yeah, it's awesome. Go take a demonstration. Go to the local dealership. Take a USB uh, cable with you, a lightning cable, whatever you've got. Plug it in there. Uh, connect with Apple CarPlay immediately. You can put up whatever song that you want on it. But I promise you, you'll be really, really impressed with this 12-speaker Fender audio system. It is an outstanding system. It rocks. I would recommend uh, anything from Eric Johnson, uh, Tom Petty Wildflowers, uh, Hotel California. Oh, my God. Those are uh, some great songs to hear, and, and, and uh, we listened to it on... Uh Earlier, and then we have an interview with uh, with the Panasonic audio engineer guys, and uh, this the system is just really unbelievable. It's so clear, even maxed out. There's no distortion, so definitely one of my favorite parts of the new truck. So again, congratulations on the 19 Titan, and uh, I'm sure we'll be uh, talking to you soon about other stuff coming down. Thanks for all you guys do. Appreciate it very much. Yeah. So anyway, those are the uh, changes to the 19. The next audio clip that we're going to get into is actually a guy by the name of uh, Jim Viola. And Jim was uh, part of the team responsible for the new 485-watt uh, uh, stereo system that is in the Titans. And what a difference. Um, the current system for me, I felt like got a little muddy in the highs and was always a little bit too bassy. So they did a complete revamp of the new stereo system we talked about, I think, in the last podcast. And I had a chance to hear it live uh, and in person in Texas. And the one thing that I can take away from it that I was really impressed with is listening to songs again. I was talking about uh, Tom Petty Wildflowers there. Uh, so, how does that song go, Holman? Uh, I am not going to sing it for you. Yes, you are. You should let Tom Petty sing it. Uh, He's way better. Never heard that song. Oh my God, I love Tom never Petty. Never heard that song. So, here's what's cool about you. I have never heard that song. I don't care. <laughs> I'm talking about other things like trucks. How have you never heard Tom Petty? You were in freaking radio for 100 years. Uh, I don't like Tom Petty. What? Uh, Tom Petty's he's all right. I would go see him. I think oh, he's, he's amazing live. Well, was but, um, yeah, was yeah. I wouldn't go see him. <laughs> no. Yeah, I've seen him many, many times. In fact, I had a chance to see him uh, the uh, two nights before he passed away. And my wife and I looked at each other and went, "God, he's just so good." I, I wonder how many opportunities we're going to get to see him because we would always see him when he come to town. None more. None more. No. Nope. So you just never know. Yeah. So if uh, if a band comes to town that you love, go see them. That's that's my advice. Because they could die any minute. They could die any minute. So anyway, if you're uh, going to sample Audio System, the uh, Wildflowers is one of my favorite songs because there's some good bass. And what I would say about the Fender system is you can hear each individual strum of the guitar, and you can feel the the effort behind each one. That's how clear the system is. And even at the maximum volume, there was absolutely zero distortion. It was loud. It was crisp. It was clear. It was really, really full. Um, Nissan partnered with uh, Fender and Panasonic because they wanted to have like a that live concert sort of feel. And I think they I think they did it. You Are know, they run it through a DSP or no? Yeah, I have no idea. I'm not a radio. I'm not an audio guy. I just know mm. if it sounds like crap or. Uh, and this one doesn't. So this one impressed you. I was impressed. And you've seen Tom Petty live. I have seen Tom so Petty So you live. know what to compare it to. Yes. And it was... Well, more importantly, I've heard this uh, the same track on crappy stereo systems. Got it. And honestly, it just comes alive uh, on the new Titan Fender system. So talked to Jim, and we actually were sitting in the truck and went through and, and listened to it. And Eric Johnson, I don't know if you know the guitarist, Eric Johnson. No. Um, he's one of the uh, the Fender like ambassadors, basically. He uh, really well known for, for his guitar... He played. Was oh, he in Poison? Nope. Quiet Riot. Nope. Rat. I have no idea. No. <laughs> no. Uh, he played a little bit uh, live there, but we, you could probably hear his music in the background during this uh, interview. 
Hey everybody, this is uh, Sean Holman from the Truck Show Podcast, and uh, here I am at the Texas State Fair, and I'm actually sitting in a 2019 Nissan Titan, and as we uh, told you in the last episode, received a uh, huge stereo upgrade, and uh, with me today is... Jim Viola from Panasonic Automotive. All right, and uh, Jim, you guys uh, worked uh, with Nissan and uh, the Fender branding in order to come up with this amazing new stereo system. Why don't you walk us through it and, and talk a little bit about the changes? Absolutely. So what we have is a 12-speaker audio system. Uh, it has a 9-channel amp, 485 watts. When we tune this, the the goal is to give the emotion of a live performance, right? We've all been to a live performance, seen a band play, and there's that excitement. When people listen to this system, that's what we want them to experience, that excitement, that emotion of a live performance. So for this uh, particular vehicle, we have a 1-inch tweeter mounted up in the A-pillars, a 2.5-inch uh, mid-range on top of the instrument panel, a 6x9 speaker in the front door, a 3-inch speaker in the center of the instrument panel for center channel. The back doors each have a 6.5-inch speaker and a tweeter. There's an 8-inch dual-voice coil subwoofer underneath the front passenger seat that I'm sitting on right now. That sounds like fun. It, uh, <laughs> uh, it can be if you have the right uh, the right, <laughs> the right, the right there, yes. So one so of the other key things about... Let's talk about the staging really quick for you guys that don't know. Like When you get in cars and they... most When you buy a truck... Uh, JL and 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 uh, and Fosgate and Alpine, they all make systems to go under your rear bench seat, right? The problem with that is that you can feel and hear the bass from the back, and that's not the way you see a concert. When's the last time the drummer sat behind you while the guitarist is on the stage? The last time I had backstage passes. Okay, all right, touche. That does, it can happen, <laughs> but not for most people. No, I, right? I agree. But it throws the whole thing out of whack. And, yeah. and, but that's the only solution for getting subwoofers in a truck is, unless you're the manufacturer and you can put it in the center console or under the seat. Now the staging is in front of you like it's supposed to be, and I commend them for doing that. Yeah. Eric Johnson in here, uh, who performed at the at the Nissan booth, and uh, you know one of the things Eric first checked was, where are all the tone settings yeah. set at? So they're all flat. That's one of the key things about this. We, we designed this vehicle. You just you don't have to really set it up. I mean, it's, it comes out. You set it flat. It's fine. If you want to turn it up or down or whatever for bass or mid or treble, that's fine. But we designed it to be run flat. And it's interesting when you get artists in here or audio engineers and they listen to it, the first thing they want to do is find out where those settings sure. are. And they go, that's the way it's supposed to be run. Well, I'm glad we can accommodate them. <laughs> that's me. Every time I get yeah. a rental car... It's always the, the, the highs are through the roof yep. and the base is all the way up and it sounds like ass. It's muddy, yeah. Um, I, I don't, I'm the same way. And it's funny because a lot of vehicles, they aren't really set to be listened to with flat levels. Um, and so the nice thing about this system was even if the battery gets reset and you get in, it's, it's designed to live with the levels at zero and it'll sound great. Glad we can accommodate them that way. <laughs> Would you say that uh, it's a near audiophile experience? I mean, at least compared to the old system, which for me was kind of muddy in the highs, and, and, and even with the bass was almost too bassy and overwhelming. This system seems like it's a lot more balanced and a lot more clear than what was in the previous Titan. I think that's a very, very accurate assessment. Yes, yeah, so what, what we try to do is make sure that you have true highs uh, and, and lows uh, with the system uh, from, from bass reproduction, but you don't want the instruments and the vocals fighting each other. You can pick out different instruments and, and uh, the vocals in uh, the recordings. And, uh, you know, when Eric was in here listening, he goes, hey, there's something I haven't heard since I was in the studio, oh, which wow. was kind of cool to hear. And uh, uh, yeah, so we try to make it so it's a very good balance between vocals and musical instruments. It, and when you turn up the system, it doesn't distort. So just because something distorts, people seem time, they, they think that that means it's loud. 
um, a jackhammer is loud. I don't want to listen yeah, right, to it right, all day. Right, right. So, uh, you know, when I'm giving audio demos, my, the problem isn't getting people in the car. It's they don't want to get out uh, because they're, they just... I don't want to leave the car because it sounds so great. So uh, now this uh, is a nine-channel system, nine-channel amplifier, yes sir. And you've got. Has it been uh, when you were developing the system? Was it tuned to the interior um, of the of the Titan itself? So you kind of have an idea of where the driver is going to be. I guess when the music's going to be hitting the driver and the passenger, is it center centric to the middle of the vehicle? Is it centric to the driver? That's that's a really good question. So the tuning process that we that we conduct is done at, in Farmington Hills, Michigan, uh, between Panasonic's audio engineers and Fender's uh, amplifier engineers. So there's Fender DNA in this uh, okay. in this system. So not uh, just a branding play. It's you not guys certainly, certainly not a, a branding play uh, by Fender. They are they are very hands on. Um, when we do tuning, I won't get into the, the entire tuning sure, process, yeah, yeah. but uh, a tuning, uh, there's probably three tuning or four tuning processes that go through or editions of it, versions of it. Um, each one can take two to three weeks. So it's a very involved process and, and you're listening to it and you, you do it the first time and then you listen to it with the customer and and uh, and they say, well, we should maybe tweak this or maybe there's a design change or something. Uh, the tweeter is going to be moved up a couple of millimeters, but we have to go back and retune. So okay. it's a very involved process. And, uh, uh, you know, that's that's one of the things that uh, the tuning is really uh, the secret sauce for the for the whole thing, because uh, you can have the best components in your system. If it's not tuned properly, quite honestly, it's just it's kind of a waste. So walk us through. Is it the uh, Panasonic acoustic motion control? Is that sure? So I. So I asked this specifically for you because last time when we talked about this, you go, well, what is that? I'm like, I don't know. Well, I appreciate you thinking so of it. I yeah. was, this is specifically for my friend Lightning here. You're a generous man. Well, thank you. Sure. So uh, I, I know we had talked about this press release uh, in our last episode, and we had no idea. It sounded really cool, but we'd love to know what that actually, <laughs> me- actually means because it seems like uh, controlling motion is the point of a speaker, and if you uh, are controlling it too much, you don't have sound. So talk, walk us through that a little bit. Sure. Well, I'll put it in, in layman's terms for you. Uh, essentially, uh, a speaker kind of acts like a spring. So when a note is uh, is played, uh, the speaker vibrates, right? And, and you want it to play the note, but you don't want any extra vibration. Acoustic motion control electronically dampens that. So it plays the note and then plays the next note. It's not doing an unnecessary vibration. So you're kind of controlling the secondary motions that may come from... Exactly. And what you end up with is a much cleaner sound. So uh, and, and much more uh, realistic audio reproduction. So... Ooh, that's interesting. You like that or don't uh, like that? I don't know how I'm feeling about mm. that. I mean, he was selling me on it. No, I and 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 God bless him for it. I think it's it sounds very interesting, but I would love to hear how that sounds. We will. We'll get we'll get a 19 Titan here. Because it that could you sound, you know, we're used to artificial. Hearing, no, no, no. Well, we're used to hearing distortion. We're right. used to hearing. I'm saying if you control it too much, maybe it feels artificial. Yeah. Um. Interesting. Yeah, it's uh, it it is. This is the first Fender Premium Audio system to have acoustic motion control, uh, and we're very uh, very pleased to be on this vehicle and to be able to offer it on it. Well, thanks so much for uh, walking us through. I think we should uh, crank it up and uh, and take a listen. Absolutely, and then let's just take the rest of the day off. What All right, uh, sounds good. Okay. Although, uh, can we go get some Dr Pepper? It's here. We're here in Texas, and it's really hot today. I, I'm all in. <laughs> all right, thanks. Yeah. Well, well done for uh, thank you for bringing us that audio from the Texas State Fair, ladies and gentlemen. Where's our Texas uh, music? I wasn't going to play it. I felt no? like that was... Uh, we didn't, I don't know. Did we get any feedback about that? None. The, the, no, really? So people didn't care. We got a ton of email this week. But none about none of, that None music. about that. Okay, no. well, then it was... Uh, I didn't really bother no. anyone. No, okay. I guess not. Well, I just figured... Uh, it wasn't... I've, it would, when After we played, I listened back to the edit and stuff. I thought, it's, it's too uh, kind of like 
I don't know. I don't want to say Kentucky, but no, I liked it. It was fun. Yeah, it wasn't Texas. It was fun though. Fine. It All just right. wasn't Texas. Let's do some inbox. All right. You email, yeah. I email, do it. We email, that's right. Everybody email, type it up. You email, proofread. I email, send it. We email, click it. Everybody email. <laughs> what? Go home and go home and go home and go home and. love that i'm dreading the day that we do a podcast in front of a live audience i will i won't change i'm me i want you to i want you to ramp it up if anything oh easy will you shake that ass yeah will you yeah i'll do it it. (laughs) shake a lot of other stuff too i don't want to see the other stuff well you know you can't have one without the other that's all i'm saying All right, first one from Phil Koska. Why no five stars jingle? It's a subject line. Lightning and Holman, thanks to your excellent production values, I now judge all other podcasts for not having such (laughs) excellent segment and guest intros. I was wondering why there isn't a five stars jingle, as it seems so unproduced compared to the rest of the show. Perhaps these parameters need to be mounted. (laughs) <laughs> I've got an 18 GMC Canyon diesel, and I'm loving all the diesel and off-road talk. Uh, my truck is my daily, but I do weekend trips and off-roading when I can. Previously, I was a mini trucker with a 72 Datsun 620. Yes. So once again, everything comes back to mini trucks. Keep up the good work, Phil. P.S. Size XL. All right. Uh, I don't know. Why don't we have a thing? Because we don't need it. Because five stars is so organically done between the two of us here live on the on the mic. <laughs> I don't, know. don't do that. Don't do that. Don't try to be a radio guy. You were like live on the mic. I know. I'm, I'm basking in your glory days. I'm trying to make you feel. I, but like... I never did pukey DJ guy. I was never that you, guy. You do pukey DJ guy on this show. I do it because it's funny. But I don't. I do never it because did it's it funny? on K Rock. I never like hey, let and Joe to K Rock. Never did that. I didn't ever do that on K Rock either. Well, then why are you saying that I do that now? No, you do do that now. But I do it as a joke. I do it as a joke too. But when you do it as a joke, it makes me sound. It makes me feel like you think I'm doing it for reals. <laughs> All right, I got one here from Cameron W. and he says, "Forward this on to Herman." You guys remember Herman Salenbach from uh, Ford? Uh, he says, in regards to the Ranger Raptor, we need this beauty of a truck. Ranger has been a staple of my family for years. If the Raptor comes to North America, I will be the first in line. Cheers, Cameron W. Mm-hmm. This one's love the podcast coming from Jason O. Hey Holman and Thunderclap. <laughs> <laughs> really enjoying the podcast and the amazing insider guests. Please try to get the Roadkill guys and Fred from DED, uh, that's Dirt Every Day, on as much as possible. They are awesome and a wealth of knowledge, and that is absolutely true. And I think, what do we have coming? we got one of them coming in, right? I think we have both of them. Okay, that's So great. I saw both of those guys today and said, hey, do you guys want to come back on? And they both said, yeah. And in the next couple of weeks, they've got a, a break from shooting. And so uh, we're trying to get Freiburger for, I believe, episode 32. Oh, nice. Okay, great. And he says, I found out about the show from the four-wheeler emails, longtime subscriber of many Peterson magazines. I must admit, the first time I listened to the show, I thought it was two ass clowns with a cluster of horrible morning zoo soundbites and songs. Promptly deleted the first episode and the show. Another four-wheeler email was sent, saying you had Fred from Dirt Every Day on, so I decided to give the show another chance. To my surprise, once you get past the annoying bits, you have a great show with humor and info to spare. Annoying bits. No. How dare you? 
I have now listened to every show and, of course, rated you five stars. Five stars. Yeah, five, five stars. stars on oh, iTunes. Good yes. Thank you. I still cringe at most of the bits as if someone is scratching nails on a chalkboard and then projectile farts in your face. <laughs> <laughs> what? Keep up the good work and maybe keep the jingles down to 15 seconds to match my skip a oh, head button. Oh, how dare oh, you. Oh, dude, Jason. But at least he gives five stars. My shirt size is XL. All well, right. we're sending you a baby tea. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got one from... Uh, from Chris W. here. He says, Hi, Lightning and Holman. First off, I just want to say hi. 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 And love the show. I started listening late and have only made it up to the Spy Photographer show. But when I heard the mention you of- You are way behind, dude. Yeah. He says, But when I heard the mention of Buddy's Pizza, you definitely got me hooked, even though I was already. I grew up in Metro Detroit, and that was a great pizza joint. Oh, and I hated the jingles at first, but they've really grown on me, and I actually enjoy them now. He says, I do have a real question. That oh. is, a, By the way, that is a through line with everyone. <laughs> yeah, they no. all hated the jingles. And now we're an acquired taste. We're like beer or coffee, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, I'm looking at getting back into the truck within the next year or two. I still have a car for my highway commute to work for fuel economy, blah, 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 blah. He actually wrote blah, blah, blah. Oh, blah, he did. Blah. I yeah. see. Gotcha. But my question is half ton or three quarter ton. I'll be towing a bumper pull camper that's yet to be bought, so I don't know the weight. I asked this because my last truck was a half ton and I was pulling a Jeep in a trailer, and any grades were killing me. I don't want to go through that again, but don't know if campers are that much lighter. Thanks and keep up the great show, Chris. So um, I don't know when he bought his camper or how much it weighs, but I can tell you almost all the half ton trucks are approaching nine to 10,000 pounds. Some are even. As high as the 12s, I believe the uh, the F-150 and Ram are in the 12,000-pound range. Are they really? Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean that I would want to tow a lot with them. They can do it. Uh, the Ram's got massive, like, 14-inch brakes on it. So you got plenty of braking. The multi-speed transmissions, you've got the 10-speed or the uh, in the Ford or 8-speed in the Ram or the 10-speed or 8-speed in the GM products. Um, so plenty of transmission gearing, which you didn't have in the past. So I would say have a little lower maintenance cost, have a little more maneuverable truck, better ride, and go with a go with a half ton for that kind of usage case. I think today's half tons are fine, and and with f- most of them, the V8s have 400 horsepower or thereabouts. Um, they're all they're all great trucks. So um, I don't think you need to go with three quarter ton for that. No, I no. go half ton. Plenty of choices, half ton. Dating yourselves on the show is subject line from Kyle Green. Dear Holman and Lightning, lowercase on purpose. Oh, that's not cool, Lightning. <laughs> I'm a 22-year-old who constantly listens to Kibby and Finnegan, your show, as well as watches and interacts with all things 50s to early 90s. I love the banter and flashbacks to great times of the auto industry and culture. I'm a six-liter Power Stroke owner. I also own an 88 Suburban, and I think you should definitely go deeper into the beginning of the truck scene and mini trucks and when full-size trucks became bigger. And you know what he says? Five stars! Hey, five stars! There we go. Love that. Keep up the great work. Make them longer. That's what she said. Kyle Green. (laughs) Thanks, Kyle. (laughs) Thanks for giving Lightning one more opportunity to play that drop. Sorry, go ahead. All right, so this one's another one to Herman and Ford about Ranger Raptor demand. says, hey, guys, first time listener on episode 29. First time? What? Yeah, he said- That's fine. No, no, I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. I hope he starts from the beginning, though. Well, yeah, just binge listen. All right. So uh, so, uh, Eber says, uh, hey, guys, first time listener in episode 29. Great show. I have to take your word on passing the demand for the Ford Ranger. I've been on the market for a Canyon Tacoma as my first truck for the last nine months. I haven't pulled the trigger because of my excitement for the Ranger and walked away from signing GMC paperwork when I found out about the Ranger Raptor. Wow. Yeah, he says, I'm a huge fan of the F-150 Raptor, but it's too much truck for me. Saw the Ranger Raptor and instantly knew that was my perfect truck. Styling, capability, performance, and Ford engineering, everything. 
All I've seen is photos and videos, and I know I'd buy it up front if it were released. Give me a release date, and I'll wait. Otherwise, I may need to go back to GMC. When are we going to get a release date? Do we know? Uh, it's probably... Hold on. Is there anybody watching? What? We're in a studio by ourselves, idiot. Uh, probably like 2021 or 22. Oh, really? It's a ways out. Uh, yeah. Okay, I keep yeah, reading. That's my, that's my educated guess. I don't know any special okay. info, info, but probably 2021, 20, 2022. That hurts. Okay. Otherwise, I may need to go back to GMC. Bring the Ranger Raptor to the States. All my friends can't stop raving about it. Thanks for the episode and the interview. Ben, the inside info we've all been waiting for. Cheers. Uh, Eber from San Jose, California. Um, Man, that's because he's going he's gonna to have to buy the GMC because he's well, not getting no, his hands I on wouldn't, this. No, I wouldn't. What? I wouldn't. Well, could he lease one? Nah, that's not He's the point. got to wait two years. No, go get the Chevy ZR2. Oh! That's the closest thing you're going to get. If you're already looking at a Canyon... And it's sibling, the, the Chevy Colorado ZR2 is way more off-road capable. Didn't even think about it, and you're absolutely yep. right. I, Cannot argue with I that. I would send him over to the Chevy dealership and see if we can find a uh, ZR2. Yep. Blew my mind, says Eric. Home and enlightening Eric from Texas again. Just listened to the Bulletproof episode and laughed so hard when I heard you raid my email. This show is real. Still enjoying yes, every episode. Of course it's real. Keep up the great work. Also forgot to put in my address. Blah, blah, blah. He puts it in. Population is less than 1,300 people in my town. P.S. You missed the transmission on the 01 Dodge. It's an NV5600. Oh, yes. But you nailed the farming stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was corn picture. All right. I also, so. we grow wheat, soybeans, cotton, and milo. What is milo? I have no idea. I have no idea what milo is. And ding, ding, ding. It's a car. Combine. What? Yeah. Dude, we should clap for ourselves because I totally guessed on all of those things. Yeah, we did. Notor- and the one thing we should have known about, the transmission, we got wrong. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> Notorious for chopping up people in movies. <laughs> That's what I said. Exactly. All right. Uh, here's a couple of extra picks just to kill time. My 13 Ram with the ice and transmission. Jeep YJ stock height with 33s. And my two John Deere... It got cut off, but those are oh, there they are. So, so basically, the Eisen's important because that means he has the max tow package. So he's got the uh, all the extra torque. And I would like to uh, look at that. That's that awesome. Oh, no, that's, that's way cool awesome. In the uh, middle of the field with all the uh, the corn husks. Can we give littering him, the ground there? Can we give Eric five stars? Uh, hey, Eric. You know what? Five stars. Five stars! Right back yeah. at you, well listener. Done. Well done. That's the first time we've ever given a, a listener. listener five yeah, stars. no, I like that. That was all good. Right. Well, he earned it. That was good. All right, we've got a. All right, we've got one here from Jeb. He says, "Hello, gentlemen. I've been a listener since your mass migration of listeners to the Freiburger podcast. How does he know that? Our mass migration. What does he say? Oh, yeah, that's meaning, like one of our biggest. Where episodes. we onboarded yeah. people? Yes, it was <laughs> making it sound like people left us to go to some no, Freiburger podcast. No, 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 no. Freiburger brought his people with him. Yeah." Uh, and after much soul searching and a lot of electroshock therapy, I've finally come to tolerate the jingles. How dare you, my friend? <laughs> Says now that I've moved past that, I can comf- I can comfortably say, five stars. Oh, five stars. <laughs> Says unfortunately, I don't listen to it on Apple Podcasts, so my five stars really doesn't matter. Wah 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 wah. Uh, that's <laughs> what he wrote. Says the reason you get a- no. Hold on, it's. Well, it might be wah, wah, wah. Okay, I'll go That's with that. That's how you do it. Yeah, I didn't know if it was an evil laugh or if it was the trombone. No, it's, yeah. It's, it's a trombone? It's, it's sad clown. Wah, wah. Why don't we have that sound? We don't uh, have sad clown? No, no, I don't have no, no, That's disappointing. It, no. The reason I'm writing is something Lightning said a couple podcasts back. Oh, I oh, love no. this. About no. listeners only wanting to hear about new trucks and the newest technology. I couldn't disagree more. I listen for the technology for sure, 
but I'm not living on a budget that affords me to get every new Ford, Dodge, Toyota, or Nissan. That's all of them, right? <laughs> but what I can afford to buy and modify are the trucks of my youth that I always drooled over. I love the two-part podcast you had on TRD, the mini truck and scene in SoCal in the 90s, and even having Aaron Kaufman in to talk about F100s. I personally wish you would have had more guests in that did aftermarket stuff with some of the early Broncos, late model Broncos, Land Cruisers, Internationals, and old first generation Yodas. Hearing you guys talk to the guys that I ran to the magazine rack for to read every month, Freiberger, Payway, and even Holman, has been awesome. Bring more of it. Thanks and keep up the good work. And he says, unfortunately, he's now a double XL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go say, oh, no, he gives five star. Oh, five star. Five star. Two nice. thumbs up or something like okay, that. Okay, so we, it's, I, as far as I know, I mean, at least according to our sponsorship with Nissan. Yeah. Right. Uh, we have a few more episodes to record, so we have plenty of time to get to all those. Oh that yeah. We recommend it. We so, have many, many. Yeah, we got, many we, got more. we got Bronco to the to the cows come home. Yeah, so yeah. Don't I, even I, fret. Absolutely, absolutely. So I know you've been chomping at the bit to get to this next guest. Now we've interviewed this guy before, but he is always an A plus. How did you hook up with Mr. Aaron Kaufman? So um, obviously we had him on the show before, and since I was in, I just said that. Oh, was I not listening? <laughs> no, I wasn't you were paying listening. Attention? Oh, sorry. All right, well, I'm going to go home Ladies now. Ladies and gentlemen, we... We are deeply sorry. <laughs> we're sorry. Yes, we are. So. We're sorry. So sorry. We're sorry. I mean, here's the thing. We promised early on that we would reduce suckage, and we <laughs> never did. We never... No. We maintained suckage. Okay. Are we proud of that? I just, we didn't get worse. <laughs> I don't, so I I don't be, know. We should look at it that way and be proud of that. Yeah. We maintained. All right. Okay. We, all right. But going, going back to our special guest. So we are floating on a sea of suckage, my friend. Don't you think? We are not floating. We are bobbing in the sea of suckage. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I went to Texas and I hit up Aaron because he was on the show and I said, hey, I'm coming into town. Can I come check out the new shop? And he said, come on down. So I uh, went down to Arclight Fab and he showed me around the shop. It was awesome. Um, his second season of Shifting Gears just uh, just got launched, and so we had a lot to talk about. So I asked him if we could sit down and do a quick interview. Did you mention, though, that everyone thought it was going to get canceled? I did not mention and that. And we were delighted that it came back. I did mention that. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, so let's pull up a stool. Let's do it. Pull up a stool and share. Pull up a stool and share a, a story. story. Pull up a stool and share. How about you pull up a stool and Share with us. Hey, everybody. This is Holman with the Truck Show Podcast, and I'm uh, down here in uh, beautiful Dallas, Texas, and decided to uh, cruise on down to Arclight Fab and check in on one of our... Uh... Are you in a restroom? Uh, no, but it is his conference room that has nothing on the walls. Oh, that explains it. Okay. More popular guest, Aaron Kaufman. So uh, Aaron's been gracious enough to show me around the shop, and I figured we would do a quick podcast interview and find out what he's up to these days. would actually be a lot funnier if you did the interview from the restroom. Um, I from, think from, from adjoining stalls. So I've only met him a few times, and I think that might have been a violation of the new friend agreement. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, what's going on? What's going on, man? So uh, this past week, uh, Shifting Gears season two just launched. I think it was on uh, the twenty fourth. So anybody who's been interested in the TV show, it's back. You want to tell us a little bit about that and what to expect this season? Yeah, I tell you all kinds of things other than I haven't seen it. And so sometimes the TV show is a little different than uh, than what I remember. But uh, yeah, so we came on Monday night. Um, we've got a new time slot, which we're we're obviously very excited about. Um, so the the first three episodes back chronicle my adventure uh, learning about rally. I'd never been to a rally race. I watch it on YouTube and see it on TV, you know, occasionally. 
but I didn't know much about it other than the guys that drive it are out of their mind. And yeah, especially like that group B footage back from like the eighties where they used to call them the killer bees because they would come over the hills and then launch into running crowds of people because they were offline. It's <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I'll tell you, so it's like outside of the Southwest United States, yeah. you know, in Mexico, it's like where trophy trucks are the sure. gnarliest race cars yeah. are. Rally cars are the gnarliest race cars everywhere else on the planet. You might go, maybe an F1 car is faster, but nothing is as gnarly (laughs) as rally. And so I did have some curiosity in the, you know, and from my experience at Pikes Peak, I knew I knew Dave, and uh, Dave runs the rally school down there, and we've been friends for a while. And so finally, this was a great opportunity to expand my knowledge, and I felt like I'd... I had been in a race car long enough that, that, that it was something that I could move into that I, I wasn't so over my head. And it all really worked out well. You know, we uh, I think we picked an appropriate car and then we did some drive. We did a fair amount of driver training. You're in a, a WRX? No, it's a, an, uh, not a turbo car. So, okay. So it's a GC8 platform, um, which is 2001 Subaru. Yep. NA, um, which... Uh, should, it should be uh, NP for no power, but it's NA. And, <laughs> Obviously, uh, normally aspirated for those of you who uh, who aren't familiar with the uh, forced induction or not forced induction terms. It is definitely not forced. It's more like a loose <laughs> request for more air. So, but it was really just a challenge. So many things. Learning to drive with a co-driver. Learning the the tools that make a rally car go around a corner. Um, and just a completely different type of driving. And so we built a car. We learned a little different specs than we normally have to build to. We had some challenges. And uh, I think the car is a great little car. And, you know, I was always curious about Subaru, but I really am a believer now. What unbelievably tough little cars. Yeah, they are tough little so. cars. And and so, you know, you talk about moving into that type of racing and obviously having a co-driver and all that kind of stuff, where traditionally you've been by yourself, Pike speaking the Falcon, yeah. for instance. Um, but you've kind of raced a little bit of everything. You've raced trucks off-road. You've done King of the Hammers. You've done the motorcycle stuff on your old Harley. You've done uh, Pike's Peak and other stuff in the Falcon. So you're sort of like a wheelman, right? You'll just, whatever you feel like racing you'll get in behind the wheel and figure it out that's you know i i like to think that things are going that way i mean obviously <laughs> i started i got in a race car very late in life i wasn't six years old i wasn't yeah. eight you know and then on top of that i got a job so it's like i don't get in to do it to do any performance driving you know once a week or once every two weeks sometimes it's a few months between driving adventures but that's one thing is like well while i haven't been largely successful <laughs> i have got to drive so many different types of cars and learn so many different uh, disciplines in fact this weekend uh ar RX, which is the new American Rally Cross Series. I'll be racing a Sierra car, uh, which is RX3, is the third class down. I'll be racing that in, at Coda this weekend, which is completely different. I've never driven a Rally Cross event. <laughs> and awesome. so I've driven it in a car that I've only got a couple hours testing in. And so it should be a, a hoot. And um, yeah, we're looking forward to so much more stuff. And really do just jump into anything and give it a go. Now, the question of whether or not it'd be competitive or not <laughs> is a different story. So, what's your favorite? I mean, are, do you enjoy the truck off roading, that type of driving, the Baja, the King of the Hammers, or do you? enjoy rallycross more or i mean even pike's peak i mean they're all completely different disciplines that require a different style and a different uh, vehicle obviously um uh, yeah and so really for me you know so building being a builder first it really i love equipment um and so the, all the equipment's so different but i will tell you this so no racetrack is like pike's peak period out the end it is its own place it is its own group of people and nothing will compare to that However, I adore point-to-point races where the racetrack is continually yeah. changing, where the elements are all are you know you have a problem with the elements, you have a problem with the track, you have a problem with the spectators, with the natural environment, and, um, and race cars who have gone before you yeah, ruining and, the track. Or, a- absolutely, or, and, and so I love point-to-point races. Off-road races tend to be a bit 
more dynamic in my opinion, which includes yeah. rally and American style off road races. But like I love circuit racing, like road racing, um, for just the challenge and the ability to reel it in and really dial it in and just how much faster can yeah. you get. It's a completely different challenge than the point to point stuff, but honestly my heart is really in point to point races because the challenge is go, go, go at all costs. And uh, you know, and with circuit racing, you can come back next week or next month or whatever and, and always fine-tune it. Yeah. But point-to-point stuff, the name of the game is get to the well, end. It's hard to ba- it's hard to get that car dialed in or that truck dialed in depending on the terrain because everything changes. So you kind of hope for the best and maybe fine-tune along the way, but you get you, you sort cope. of have what you have and you, you go for it. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're here at your, uh, your facility in, uh, in Dallas, Texas, and uh, I was coming down here, like seriously, in the heart. You can see downtown from, sure. your, uh, from your building here. Uh, tell me a little bit about it and how Arclight's doing. I know there's been a lot of interest from our readers about um, what's coming up, especially F100 parts, yeah. and uh, where, where are we at with that? Well, uh, you know, we talked about previously is like we're truck guys, and it turns out most of us are Ford guys. <laughs> and, so, and we felt like the F100 market has been sorely underserviced. And so, Is that where I should plug my California Grills Tees F100 shirt I'm wearing right now? That's yeah. uh, the one. Too right now, that's for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so the so the deal is, we're taking on fifty seven to seventy nine F one hundreds, and uh, initially, because I love building big crazy stuff, I really kind of went that direction, and then I realized that it was going to be hard for me to sell twenty twenty two thousand dollars cha- loaded chassis. Like I just weren't going to sell that many a month or a year even, and so we decided to kind of go about it the more normal way and start kind of at the bottom let's yeah. say uh, and build entry level uh, equipment for people that think they might want to get into hot rods don't really know and we think pickup trucks are by far they're the least amount of interior yeah. they're super high production numbers they cost less to get into there's less parts to have to restore they, they share a lot with their car counterparts of those eras and you know another thing about it too is if you think about it and I, I, we've talked about this on the podcast before is all the Camaros are gone. All the Mustangs are gone. Sure. The Mopars are getting really expensive now. The C10 short beds are gone, and it's really long bed C10, F100s of those eras, and some of the Mopars coming on as what's affordable. And if you're looking for that 50s and 60s era hot rod V8 rear wheel drive, yeah. that's where you go now. And so the truck market's starting to explode. We've, we've always we've always felt the truck market. We've always felt like trucks were comparable to cars. Yeah. They are different, but ultimately we're talking about rear wheel drive and yeah. short wheel base. Way easier to do donuts with no weight in the bag. All that kind of fun way stuff. Way easier. And, uh, <laughs> Uh, and so, and so during the TV program, which was you know ten months or so, we didn't touch a single F one hundred product, and uh, because we had other responsibilities to handle up on, and my staff just wasn't big enough to to do that. And quite frankly, I could split my attention that much. And so now, in in two months of being out of TV or approaching three now, between all the car shows and events we do and all this other stuff, we've managed to complete our sixty one to sixty four stage one suspension and uh, engine and transmission swap kits. Awesome. And so those will be available in October. We've got a, a for the website, the parts division is completely different. So, are we and announcing that right now that that you've got Arclight parts available this is, in October? This is the first one. So we have we have awesome. we have uh, we've got some done finished pre production parts here on the shelf. And our first major production run is is held up at the laser shop now. But it'll only take us another week once they fire them awesome. out awesome. to awesome. get them in a box and ready to ship. No, so, a, lot, a lot of guys are excited about that. I know you know there's been you know the branding when you moved and started your own shop mm-hmm. and and all that. There's been a lot of build up and people are just like there's a lot of pent up demand to see what you're going to come up with. It's been hard on us. Yeah. And so the the deal is is like what I've been looking for is I wanted a guy that had not a hundred fifty thousand dollars to spend on a truck, but a guy that had twelve to fifteen thousand dollars to grow grab a 
$1,500 truck, a $2,000 truck, you and your buddy, you can push the truck in your shop on Friday night and you can make a no exhaust, louder than hell pass up and down your street <laughs> on your on your slammed V8 five-speed pickup truck on Sunday night. And you're talking about making motor mounts and trans mounts for 302 five-speed so, combos? So, so our, our stage one um, drivetrain conversion setup is for 351 as well as 302, okay. but it, I really had this in mind. I thought about how, how when I was first getting into this, how much yeah. money I had to spend. And so the deal is you can buy a Mustang pullout out of a Fox yep. bike for a thousand bucks. So we're 302 T5 yep. bolt in set up for amazing aftermarket support for that combo. Absolutely. As well. yep. In fact, we even have it set up in such a way it is very tight, but it does work. You can use shorty headers, which are $189 set of headers yep. on the things. So we have everything mapped out for it. It bolts into place. We sell the drive shaft for it, everything. Oh, awesome. And then when it comes to the suspension, so we we sell a 7.7 drop, uh, notched foam bump stop, Fox shock, uh, you know, suspension set up for it, no hole in the bed, seven inches of drop all the way around, and it absolutely jams. And so I feel really good about this product. I feel really good about it that everyone can, you've got a little bit of experience, you can toss it on and have a, dram- just have a dramatic result in appearance as far as ride and handling. Uh, we have some additional Additional products that will be coming out for the end of the year, just for, for the bump, uh, bump side and dent side. You know that's what I'm waiting for is the bump side I, stuff. I know. So <laughs> our, our, our stage one stuff is Crown Vic stuff. I don't offer them for the smaller trucks, yeah. for the, the fridges or the slicks because I feel they're too wide for yeah, it. I agree. I've narrowed one, but ultimately by the time I, you get one of my narrowed front ends, it costs as much as getting a right. different well, front Well, and, and you're dealing with an aluminum subframe and all the things it's, that come with it to do that and, properly. And so, and so our stage one for the bumps and dents, which I think are big enough to run those, yeah. I, I feel that way, is that they're so easy to put in. A lot of people get them on and not quite right, and that it concerns me that if there are some issues with them out there, I don't want to grow in yeah. the amount of failures based well, on lack of And there's of a lot of people who don't know that you need to reclock the bushings that's, 45 degrees because that's how a crown vic is set up on their frame to get proper alignment yeah. and they'll just bolt on the uh, the crown vic front clip and not know that there's well, little just, things to do they right they just don't have they don't have as much caster control yeah. on them and then they won't and so i've even seen people actually weld the bushings onto the frame and so we so we're offering an install pack which makes everyone that wants to put a crown vic front end on 100 percent successful you're just absolutely in love right now Oh, that was it was awesome just sitting there. This is just man love. It's disgusting. Just chewing it's, the fat, shooting the shit, just hanging out in a shop, talking, talking F100s, talking trucks, F100s, walking around. If seat, someone had just, handed you a steak, it would have been better than sex. Uh, if if somebody would have handed me a steak right then when you're talking no, F100s, no, no, no. no. If somebody would have handed me a steak, I would have let it got cold so I could keep you know <laughs> conversating with Aaron. <laughs> uh, no, it was it was it was awesome. It's just bitching to be in the spot and and you know the guy is super busy, right? And he carved out like an hour. You know he had other stuff going on and and I probably could have overstayed my welcome pretty easily, but um, he no he, no you were awesome. You was were. I hundred percent hundred percent successful? The only thing I, I wish I had back. that when I was doing mine because there was a lot of trial and error yep. to figure mine out. And there and there can be. Yeah. And so, but we're going to try and take all that out. So if you've never Sweet. done this before, you're going to be a hundred percent successful and in just a wonderful easy install kit and everything from uh, from the steering the joint to the extension uh, you know uh, rod on it everything on it the plates for the back of the Control yep. arms, boxing, and the template, so you know where to put it on. Awesome. How it just drops right on. And that's going to be so crazy good for those people. I mean, because you know, you can go out and get a Crown Vic front end. Although I, I single handedly think you raised the price to uh, over seven hundred, a thousand bucks, depending where you are. But yeah. uh, even the junkyards in Arizona, where you know all the taxis sure. and police cars are, they're like, oh yeah, you know, it used to be what two, three hundred bucks, three hundred bucks. Yeah, all we're talking seven hundred to a thousand. Yep. But think of everything you get. You get was it thirteen inch uh, dual piston brakes. You get coilovers. You get aluminum control speed, arms. Speed sensitive rack on. Oh, yeah. It. 
all that stuff. And so, so I am a big fan of it. Ultimately, it's like for our other generations, uh, my stage two will be my IFS on yeah. it, um, which will be slide on, really easy install. But I figure that for bang for buck, yeah. which is I decided to go after the guys that have jobs and have families and responsibilities. And so, how can I get them deeper into the hot rodding world on a lo- on a totally. lower entry price? And so, try and make everyone very successful at building the hot rods in their in their own garage, and try and give them something a product that they can be really happy with, have a good time with, and they can be out there on sun, take the kids to school in a hot rod and go out yeah, cruising totally. in the morning, you know, on the weekends. And so my daughter really, keeps asking me when the truck's going to be done. You know, I'm like, oh, when it's done, we're going to school. Trust yeah, me. And, oh. that, and that's it. We just, I really kind of, we kind of stopped, reevaluated what we were doing, and started to back up and and build parts so that we could include more people in the industry sure. instead of building only top level stuff. Sure. So speaking of including more people, has there been any uh, further discussion on the F100 Fun Run? So, yeah, oh yeah, there's plenty. There's been or plenty the fun, of, fun hundred run, yeah, I guess. Fun hundred call it. All right. yeah, there's been plenty of discussion. I'll tell you, I've got I've got it mapped out from second one through to year ten. But it's, it's just, I, you know, you know, I'm going to ask you every time we do this. I hope you, I, I hope you I, do. I, I just hope when you have your first one, my truck's done. Yeah, I will drive it out from California to go do that. I'll hold you to it. And I'll tell you, I think I think it's just going to be one of the. I mean, one of the most fun deals. I really, really do. And. Uh, in my head, it's just the most amazing car event there ever was in my head. But I'm sure they all start out that That's way. Right. You know, I think that uh, there's been so many changes. And then I've got a new schedule this year. We're shooting – the show's going to have a, a big change-up in it. And um, I think that this is going to allow me to have enough freedom to be able to get uh, events like this organized nice. and operational, um, allow us to stay focused on the F-100 stuff and yeah. still do some television. Before, television has been so consuming of my time, yeah. my staff's time, our People energy. don't realize that. So, so TV, so obviously – the company I work for, Motor Trend Group, we're now bought by Discovery Channel. You guys know a lot of our shows. Roadkill, um, obviously you had mm-hmm. you were on Roadkill when you're at Fast and Loud. Um, we've got um, Dirt Every Day, and then of course we got our Discovery and Velocity brothers and sisters out mm-hmm. there and stuff. Um, the amount of time, I mean, you will shoot all day for five minutes of video footage. I yeah, mean, it's, it's a, the deal is it's a hundred to one. Yeah, you know, for, it's a, uh, it's a hundred minutes for every cut. Yeah, everybody thinks, oh, dude, TV, it's so awesome. TV is such hard work. Oh, and, yeah. and people have no idea like what goes into it in the days, and they only see the the star aspect at the end of the day, where oh, you're on a TV screen. But the reality is, to get to that point, is you really do have to volumes have a passion of, for volumes it. Volumes of hours, yeah. you know. And, and then one of the most frustrating things for for guys, I th- I'd say in my position where when we have 10 hours what can I accomplish in 10 hours yeah. and then ultimately in a 10 and say it was 10 or 11 or 12 hour day or 14 hour day which is not uncommon is that we look at it and go man I could have got this within this yeah. done but I filmed ultimately what turns out to be nine and a half minutes worth of film yeah. in that entire day so it, it is it is frustrating that you think about I, I, oh, I need to be making these parts I need to be doing development I need to do this but you're already committed to another job and the job is heavy on hours so uh, I remember the last time we were talking the, uh, the deal hadn't been signed quite yet for season two and yep. you were waiting to find out if, if that was going to happen what did it take what was the conversation and how many episodes are in the next huh. season so the, the next season is 13 um and uh, we'll start filming in november and it's like and quite frankly no one knows this is very early there it is in fact so early i'm not sure what i can say i can't <laughs> say but there there is going to be a big change and i think initially there'll be some grumbling about it but i think i think couple episodes in, everyone, I think everybody is going to enjoy it because I'm shifting the focus. Uh, I say that. There will be some focus but very heavy on what we do. Would you say you're shifting gears? Oh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so we, found, we, we, found, we found two on this one. And so uh, I, I think it's, we're going to spend more time focusing uh, – on other people's job and the other work that goes yeah. on in our industry as well as uh, 
um, parallel industries sure. in, in the industrial world, the automotive world, things like that. And so we're going to we're gonna go beyond our walls and experience what everyone else experiences and just kind of see how we really all live under one big roof and that, and that it, we're not so isolated. So Aaron told me this a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, this is last SEMA or the SEMA before I was there and there was an event called Torque and Tacos. Yeah. Yeah, and I went and I was actually got to ride co-pilot in an in an off-road truck with him around a course and that's the first time I met him in person. Oh right. And and just I put on a helmet, jump right in and cool. it's like, "Hey, take my you know, your life is in my hand. My my life is in his hands, right?" Super fun event. And he explained to me that the you know the new show was coming along and that his plan all along was to if he was going to bolt a set of wheels or a turbo onto one of his builds the show would he, he would be like this is the turbo that we got from XYZ company sure and then cut to he's walking through the factory where they made the turbo right and that never really materialized so I think he finally put his foot down and said this was my dream yeah. let's do this yeah, let's, let's do explain. it the right way yeah. yeah and he should he should expose the you know the this industry to, to more people if because I'm passionate about it and I would yeah, love absolutely. to see more and I think people I think cool. love they love all of the how to shows I mean some of the biggest rated shows are those how it works yep and uh, so well, I, we've I, even talked about doing stuff on this show where we take our uh, listeners along for a ride of how things are built and stuff like that and and we are going to do that yeah. I had an invitation we've had been invited to Ford and Nissan. Uh, well, no, <laughs> we invited ourselves to Nissan, <laughs> but I think we're still going to do that. Anyway, no, we'll do it. I'm happy that he's doing. It. Let's get back into it. And it's funny because you, you talk about different regions, you know, SoCal, Texas, yeah. Florida, uh, Tennessee, places, Detroit, places that are hotbeds of, of uh, hot rod and, and aftermarket building activities. But the reality is, a lot of us use the same suppliers, the same people. We're 100%. interconnected. You know, we we're just talking about Deaver Springs, and yeah. you know, you're out here in Texas, you use Deaver Springs on a lot of your products. Well, uh, you know, Scott and Jeff at Deaver have been friends of mine for almost 20 years, yeah. and they're in Santa Ana in the same place we do our podcast studio like like literally five or ten minute drive from the podcast studio and so to, to I just flew you know halfway across the country to come check out your stuff here and we're talking about guys, guys we know street. yeah down the yeah. street from, from where I came from and that's, that's one thing that we really in the last season which was all race cars yeah. we, we really try to drive home is that I believe very strongly that the race community automotive but the race yeah. community is one of the strongest and one of the best you know you know the how to how you put such a positive light on that it's one of the greatest communities out there. I've I've never felt like I wasn't in a community of friends, uh, even people I'd never met before. And it's like you roll up in the pits, you can almost roll up in anyone's pit and have anyone will help you out. The, bingo, yeah, you know, or have the conversation or share a beer. It's like yeah. everybody's really got a common goal, and they realize that without the competitor, they don't have anything to do. Right, and everybody understands, and the everybody struggle. wants to race against sure. the best competitors they can be and sure. and they all want to help out everybody's buddies until you get on the track and then it's you know mano y mano right yeah. but off the track everybody's together you're drinking together you're hanging out mm-hmm. you're having fun because there's a brotherhood that comes with the experience of being in a race car that if you haven't done that you'll never fully understand or appreciate until you've you've been there and that, and that really is you know it's like there's there, there's an automotive community that doesn't again get involved or understand racing and then there's a, a group that is very much the same automotive community plus racing, yeah. and the racing really brings something entirely. And it different really doesn't to it. matter the discipline. It could be sled nope. pulling with a truck. It could be Pikes Peak. It could be rally. It could be Baja. That's, and it's, the people are the same. The, the 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 level of interest in helping your fellow racer out is the same no matter where you are. And I'll t- I'll tell you, I, we I I didn't know that before, and I've I've come to experience that now because I've raced so many different things that ultimately the conversations in the pits 
are all the same. The yeah. people are, are really – it's just a, a common thought process when we talk about race You're cars. putting on your catheter and putting that left your left leg through your race suit just like the guy next to yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, it's like I've, I've never been so happy to be a part of this community. Yeah. As I Every day it's like I, I'm more and more stoked to be involved in the things that I'm involved in between racing and car building. And then – and now I'm trying – you know, people don't talk about manufacturing. At least no one ever yeah. did to me. And we're making such a push to get into it. It's something I find incredibly exciting that – you know, go from concept or theory all the way to prototype to manufacturing yeah. to marketing. No, your passion is, is is palpable. I mean, I, I can see how excited you are sitting here, but, but you know, you're frenzied because you have so much cool stuff going on. What did what did being on TV? And I know you're on some other builds and TV shows. People may not have know pre Fast and Loud. But what what was the difference in your life pre-show and now, now that you own your own shop and you're not like a mercenary mechanic helping others out, you, you it's, it's on you. Like, this is your ship to sail. What's that like? How, I'll tell you, I mean, to be perfectly honest, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's like being the boss, it's like, I, I mean, is not necessarily a job that I wanted, sure. but it's the job you have to have. You got to do get, it. There's a destination I'm after, yeah. and so it's a job I had to take on. And so I deal with... Like I like thinking about stress and shear locations and loads and <laughs> yeah, where we run a weld and how we make it in less parts and how do we package it and make it fit right. But it's like ultimately I think about payroll and insurance and like all yeah. this stuff I don't care anything right. about. And I think there's a lot of guys that find themselves in my situation where ultimately to be successful they have to hand the torch over to a different yeah. group of guys, their guys. Yeah. And I'm so I'm so blessed and so lucky to have such a, a good group of guys. Um, but it always is very hard to let go of some things. Sure. And uh, you you feel like it's your name on it. It's it's your baby. But at the same time, you have to have strong people around to delegate to. You, you can't uh, micromanage. You, you'll, you'll die. You, you can't. And the the second thing is there just aren't enough hours in the day. Yeah. It's like. It, it, you know, I have to. I have to stay so connected, and so I work a lot at night when the phone quits ringing, and my guys go home so and they the have same dinner. Way. Most of my work happens at night yep. after my girls are in bed. I'm a night owl. I don't get anything done during the day but meetings and emails, yep. and then I get the the meat of what I do done. That's right. Night. And then you, I'm pounding the stereo on volume four million. <laughs> yeah, nobody cares. That's right. And being an industrial, <laughs> it, it's quiet here. Ain't nobody here to complain about. So I bang the radio and just and get to blast then at night. And then so and that's kind of you know we think oh man it's, it's a lot of late hours. It is, and it you know it's like my girlfriend's not fond of it but ultimately it's like I get to that's where I get to get everything out and oh this is going to work and then I tell the guys the next day all right I found an error we need to change this or do this and so I still get to I still get to do that. I love designing. I, in fact, I've I just moved into SolidWorks. I've been drawing in another drafting program for a few years, doing some three D, almost all of it in two D, and trying mm-hmm. to put the pieces together in my head, which is not the most effective way. Yeah. And I just moved into using SolidWorks just to complete some classes, and we're awesome. we're screaming on the Haas machine out here. And so I'm really looking forward. I think 2019 is going to be a very big year. I think full of some really amazing stuff. And so. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't be more stoked. I, for a guy that never thought they'd be in this position, I'm trying to make the most of it and do all of it. And boy, is it stressful. Yeah. But one day the opportunities won't be here, so we're trying to make the most of them. So, what's the destination? You said you're working toward a destination. You're working toward your goal. What does that look like for you? In your head, I mean, obviously oh, that man. changes over time, right? But yeah. what if you're sitting where you're sitting now and you're like, look behind at everything you've accomplished? Yeah. What's that destination? What's the what's the Emerald Castle on the on the mountain or whatever that you that you're trying to aim for? You know. Uh, in a professional level, it's like I always, you know, for me, for what my myself, what I always wanted is I wanted to 
look back at my life and say that I had a positive impact on my chosen profession. This isn't something I fell into. It wasn't an accident. This is something I chased and I chase every day. And so that being the case, I really, I hope that someday people look back and say, this guy had a positive contribution. I have no idea when that happens, what we do to make that contribution, but I hope that that's the result of it. You know, uh, I guess more specific terms is that I've always been drawn towards manufacturing and, and it, is, it is a wild, it's a completely different process than like I have a car in front of me that needs a part, make it for it, put it on, it's done, right? That, that's my whole career has been built one-offs for custom cars. Damn, he's inspirational. The feeling you get when you're in a room and it's just you and him talking is his mind is moving so fast. It's almost hard to catch, you know, to keep up with him because he's got so much to tell you and so much going on. And it's he an, just can't get it out fast enough. Oh, and you walk around his shop, and it's just like every everywhere you look, something amazing is in that corner or that spot or here's. But there's a method to the madness, and and just it was just a really cool visit and experience to go down there. And I love that. But building it for everyone to use that have different skill sets, different tools, different environments. Totally different game. It is a completely different game. And that and it's been exciting. It's been kind of bummed me out a couple times because I want to make something a certain way and go, well, half the people won't understand that. Yeah. And so it's been interesting. So I really hope to make a dent in manufacturing. I hope that we can attribute uh, – an, ex- an extensive park collection and catalog to uh, to ArcLight and uh, and the crew here. I hope that we can. And when it comes to racing, man, I don't know. Man, I'm having I'm having such a wonderful time racing cars. I don't think that I'll ever do anything amazing in a car. <laughs> and then ultimately, that's okay with me because I could not be having a better time. So you know, like there's these boxes the the fast race car drivers stand on one, two, and three. They don't have a box for the guy that's having the most fun. If they did, <laughs> they bit, if they did, it'd be on top of it. Yeah, I was gonna say that that box is the tallest one there, right? Yeah. So uh, 2019, you think that's going to be your year and ArcLight's year? I think that we finally get the, uh, we finally get up to speed. I think that's uh, I think when people start seeing what we're we're capable of and not in a done finished car thing, I've really switched a lot of our focus off of building complete cars to building parts. And so I think that we finally are moving, and I think that we'll build up uh, build up steam, and we'll have we'll really be delivering on uh, on parts. And um, we've got so much more technology coming along, and I think that we're going to make we're going to make things happen for the F one hundred market that have already happened for the C ten market yeah. and so many other muscle car it needs markets. A, it needs an advocate. Yeah. F100 market needs an advocate. It's interesting that he found uh, manufacturing. Remember I was telling you the story a couple episodes ago about uh, Little Shop Manufacturing? Yeah. The guys are making my, my dream dually, right? Yeah. Slamming that thing. And these guys who are were car builders for many, many years, and they start tinkering around building you know parts that they needed for a build, and they realize, well, there might be a market for this, and they realize that's where the money's at. Right, It's absolutely. in manufacturing. It's not well, in – It's not in. look at the Roadster shop. Yeah. You, you can buy or look at Ring Brothers. They all make parts. They all started as custom builders that now everyone goes, oh, my God, I can buy a piece of the Ring Brothers build for my car, right. and they'll do it by the thousand, and that's where, right. that's where the, the cash is at. Well, and, and Aaron's smart. I think, you know, listening to his philosophy of where he wants to be, essentially, he wants to get to the place where you're buying his full chat. Just like a little shop, just like a roadster shop. But he realizes that to grow his business, he needs to cater to the everyday guy who wants to buy the onesie twosie pieces because 
on this weekend of the project, we're going to work on the rear suspension, and this weekend we're going to do the front, and, and next month we're going to do the engine swap. And now it's cool because it gonna, speaks to where scale he came from. You know, it, yeah, it, it does. Absolutely. It speaks to where he came from. Yeah, right? and, if, and if nothing else, if that's all we are, I mean, I could handle that, but I'd like to sell a lot of products. But, uh, <laughs> but so we're, we're working on. We'll get there, and it's a it's a tougher road than I imagined. Yeah. And uh, I'm so much more impressed with all the people that we've dealt with, and all the other companies we've dealt with along the way that have been doing this for other cars. And so uh, I love it. I'm looking forward to more of it, and I feel like every time I. I grab another part and start working on it. It comes a little faster. I understand my design intent a little yeah. better. And so, man, I, I think in 19, I think um, we're going to have some, I think in the racing side of things, I think we're going to see some big things in 19. Uh, maybe I can do something good. Maybe I can, <laughs> maybe I, maybe I can, I can be the fast guy for once. And uh, and we'll see about that in the manufacturing. Uh, filling out the catalog and meeting customers' demands and getting parts to people's houses, I think, and on trucks, I think is uh, those are the big goals. And putting out some quality entertainment, and I'll tell you, for for the first time, it's not that I've not been proud of what we've done in the entertainment before, but for the first time, I think that we're actually bringing something uh, truly positive uh, to... Genuine? Ge- well, you know, I, from, I think from my standpoint, the guys that work with me, mm-hmm. it's always been genuine. Yeah. I think sometimes they're... they're there is some entertainment yeah, sure, uh, liberties being taken. Absolutely. But ultimately, I think that on our guy, from my end, the guys on the ground, I think we've always, we've tried to do the best we could under the circumstances. Yeah. And I think oftentimes we've been reasonably successful. Um, but this next go around, I think we shift a little bit of the attention to other people and the fact that it's not just us standing, you know, making it possible. There's so many other people that make this world that we get to live in work. And I, I think it's going to go over great. I know I'm excited about it. For the first time, I'm really genuinely excited about the story we're bringing it's not about it's not exclusively about me or about our shop it's really about the rest of the world we live in all of us that's right as it pertains to industry yeah Yeah. absolutely so hopefully we'll have a chance to uh, hook up with you in 19 and follow your progress and uh, again if you're in socal hit us up i'd love to have you on and and record an episode i'll I'll tell you this if i if i if i get out there and got time to kill i'd love to swing by and see you and i'll tell you even better i'd love to do the next installation by a campfire beer in our hand on the fun hunter i I would i would love to do that we'll install some beer right down my throat yes sounds good (laughs) all right brother thank you so much and really appreciate your time yes sir all right well done mr holman thanks yeah it was a fun trip I, i i uh it's always neat when you can go on a business trip somewhere and then try and find a little uh, sliver of fun to fit in. Uh, we went to the Dr. Pepper Museum. We had barbecue, and I got to hang out at Aaron's shop. That's, I mean, that's awesome. That is solid. Okay, so I want to break some news. All right. Now, this is not going to be for everybody, so I apologize. This is going to be for the people that are industry and going to SEMA. So you guys haven't heard of this. It, so I have been in touch with the, uh, the gentleman, Zane, who runs SEMA Education. And they, um, it's just, it is what it is. It's, they educate uh, college students and high school students if, who want to become involved in the automotive aftermarket. And they do some really fun and interesting things. Um, they have talks during SEMA. They have talks at the SEMA and Diamond Bar and all around the country. I'm announcing Brew Talks. Now, Brew Talks is a panel of experts that will speak to a group of uh, anyone that wants to show up. It is Wednesday, October 31st from 4 to 5 p.m. inside SEMA. So you do need to be at the SEMA show, already credentialed, but we welcome you to come up. It's in the SEMA Central Hall in SEMA Central, just above the SEMA's massive display as you walk in the main entrance. Um, and it's open to everyone. And the panelists are Jesse Combs, Aaron Kaufman, Oh, that Aaron Kaufman? Gail Banks. That Gail Banks? And a guy named Sean Holman from Motor Trend. Hey, that's cool. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate that. So it's going to be fun, and there's, an, there's a twist on it. 
So the audience is going to be there. You're going to be there. At, it's sitting at a bar. The audience is going to be drinking. And there's a twist that I'm not going to tell you about until you get there. Do I get to drink? Yes, you do. Oh. Yes, you do. Do I get to drink with Aaron and Jesse and Gail? Yes, you do. And you? Yes. Well, I'm uh. the moderator. Are you the moderator? Moderator? I am, I am not the moderator because that's uh, that's the, you know that's uh, Matt from yeah, uh, Corolla's part, yeah, podcast. Yeah. So I won't be the moderator. I'll be the moderator, and I think it's really really fun. So if you guys Ooh. are if you're one in a hundred and you're actually going to SEMA, then please do join us Wednesday, October thirty first, from four to five p.m. SEMA education. And just look for the signs all over SEMA that say Brew Talks. And, uh, Sounds and- like fun. I mean, I, I'm actually looking forward to it. Uh, this year at SEMA, I'm getting to do a bunch of cool extracurriculars, uh, like being part of the SEMA Launchpad judging uh, panel. I, I'm actually really interested in being part of that, too. That's I, awesome. I'm sorry, not, no, I, that implied me being part of it. No, I, I want to watch it. Yeah, it's just really interesting. So it's so much fun when... Uh, you know, I've got the guys out doing the, the magazine work and the uh, the videos and all that stuff. And it's really neat that I'm at a point where I can kind of give back a little bit to the industry and be a part of some of these other extracurricular activities, which uh, which I'm very, very excited for. So I appreciate you including me on Brew Talks. Um, I'm, I'm excited to be there. Yeah, it's going to be fun. But now it's time for What the Truck. It's been a while since we've done this. I know. We haven't done this in a while. Yeah. Um, I got this email. So Wait, what's it called? What the Truck. Are you sure that's what it's called? What the truck? It is, yeah. So I got this email. So we get, you know, emails. Hundred- Did the emailer say, what the truck? No. Oh, <laughs> but I immediately thought of this when uh, when they said it. So okay. um, it was a funny, the, the subject line was, the most popular pickup truck names in America. Really? Yeah. So I guess Chevy um, commissioned a survey of uh, 1,012 truck owners over the age of 18 okay. and asked them a bunch of questions about truck ownership. And what U.S. pickup drivers say about their truck. And so uh, the thing the thing that I thought was most interesting is that according to the survey, 27% of U.S. pickup truck drivers love their truck so much that they name it. And the most popular pickup truck name in America is... Diane. Betsy. Is it really? It's Betsy. It's Betsy. So funny. What? Uh, and what the, the truck? And the second most popular name in uh, in America is Big Red. Big Red. Big Red. Uh, I didn't know there were that many red trucks because anywhere I go, they're all like white or black or charcoal, it seems. I wonder if um, if red is more popular in the uh, middle states. Uh, I don't know. So here's some other interesting uh, factoids from it. 89% have used their truck for helping others. Mm-hmm. 60% can't live without their truck. Mm-hmm. 38% think driving a pickup makes them more attractive. Well, interesting. 37% believe driving a pickup makes them more popular. Is is driving a Lamborghini or a an F250 more uh sex what's sexier? I don't I mean I like tr- well, it depends. Let me ask you if you're, uh, if you're trolling dry, uh, if you're trolling for chicks and you pull up Which to, I don't do anymore because I'm happily married. Thank you very much. Not you. Oh, okay. I'm saying you as a, as a guy, yeah. right? As a single guy. <sighs> are you are you a winner cruising the mall in a uh, in a lifted F-250 or- It depends on the truck because honestly- In a Lamborghini Murcielago. It depends on the on the girl because how many times have you heard, oh, that's just a penis truck or- Every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean- Every I time I drive my truck. It's how far over the top you are, I guess. I don't know. I think a-, a respectably lifted truck it probably turns as much heads as a as a lambo the cool thing is you have to slow down for driveways and speed bumps yeah um i don't know interesting question i'm gonna go with truck because this is the truck show podcast yeah what 
got the truck. So here's a, another couple things I pulled out of the survey that were kind of interesting. 57% of U.S. pickup truck drivers consider their pickup a part of the family, and 45% plan on passing it down to a child or loved one. I absolutely believe that. We've talked to quite a few guests who have discussed it that way. Yeah. You know, that they... That's the trucks are you very unique that way. You don't pass down, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know, your, your Toyota lawnmower. Corolla. Yeah. You're right on. Maybe you do pass down your right on lawnmower. No, I, no, I don't. I, maybe. I don't think so. I don't know. But again, I, think, I think a Toyota Corolla would be a better example where you're not passing yeah. that down. You're like. Maybe to a kid that's learning drive or something, but not. There's but not, not an heirloom piece. No, there's no nostalgia. It's not, it's not grandpa's Corolla, right? Right. It's all about grandpa's truck. Yeah. Right. Um, here's some other stuff. 38 say they love their pickup more than anything else that they own. 60%, really? Yeah, 60%. And this is 1,000 people. 60% say they can't live without their pickup truck. Did they know they were being interviewed by someone from Chevy? Because maybe that taints it. I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 it was done by a third party, so I don't know if they said that it was for Chevy or not. Okay. Uh, and then real life events that happen in pickup, 9% had their first kiss in a pickup. Hmm. 10% brought a baby home from the hospital in a pickup, which I find that low. How many babies were made in pickups? Well, check this out. Yeah, I don't know. I would think a lot. Although old trucks had bench seats and new trucks don't. Mm. So I don't know if it's easier or harder now. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, here's a good one. 26% learned to drive in a pickup truck. Oh, no kidding. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Okay. Are they driving? Is it automatic or stick? It doesn't say. It just says pickup truck in general. Well, that was... What the truck? What the truck. I appreciate that. So now it's time for some truck news, isn't it? It is. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Oh, oh, solid. I yeah, like that was a good one. one. All right, what you got? Hey, so um, we didn't talk about like, a few other things that happened at the Texas State Fair. You can now get a uh, special SX edition of the base model uh, Tacoma and Tundra from Toyota. Okay. And get black wheels. I mean, I that's... feel like they're five years too late on yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> a little slow. A little slow. There's also a nightshade edition of the Forerunner, which uh, also blacks it out. And mm. uh, it's like I want one of the manufacturers to just step up and go, "Yo, yo, it's the murdered out edition," but they won't. It's like, no. oh, it's the nighttime edition or something. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> it's the Black Wheels edition, right? So I, I mean, I get. I'm glad that they're doing. But it. here's what's funny about that. So you and I, okay, we've talked about how the West I know we are on the leading right, right. edge. The of West that Coast sets the trends, and, and finally, some right. someone in Missouri maybe is just going, I want some black wheels on my truck. Right. Yeah, my theory is that by the time the OEs do it, it's too late. We've moved on to something oh, else. Oh, no. In the case, so Chevy's got some cool, no, even Ram. They all have it. They all have it. They all have it. They're in the mix now. I just think Toyota's late to the party. They're they're a little too conservative. A little bit. Yeah. And then there are some Texas editions and stealth edition of some Ford SUVs, Explorer and Excursion and things like that. So um, that was the Texas State Fair. But here's what's really interesting. Uh, you may have heard of a company called Bully Dog. Yeah, so Bully Dog and SCT, right? Both got hammered by the EPA. Well, their their parent company, Derive. Right. Sorry. So Derive, which is isn't Derive one of those big holding companies? Yeah. So right? they had an bought, investment firm or they something. They had bought Bully Dog. I want to say like maybe three years ago or Let's so. Let's explain what Bully Dog and SCT do. Uh, they tune trucks. Yep. And uh, apparently, so if you remember the diesel community, remember the H&S fiasco where the EPA went after H&S for selling deletes and software that allows you to run a delete. 
everybody pretty much had to clean up their act because the government came down, said no joke. We had Paul Wilson from Calibrated Power Solutions and Duramax Tuner say we will not absolutely will not support a delete, go somewhere else. And this is why. Here we are two weeks later and bam, we're talking about a massive fine. Now, at first I heard it was $300,000, but then someone told me today it was $6 million. It's so that they need to pay a $300,000 penalty. Okay. The $6.25 million is what they have to pay to fix the products that are out there so they no longer violate the law. Oh, that's just not even possible because the owners don't want that. And the owners want to be, they want deleted. Yeah. They don't want their emissions equipment on their vehicles and they're very proud of it. That's why they spent the money and they're going to they're gonna hide or fight. Yeah. So um, I guess what's interesting is the way I understand it, I'm not sure if it's 100% accurate, is on the surface, the tunes were clean, mm-hmm. but they were allowing them to run on a deleted vehicle. And right. that's where the contention came. Well, I thought it was giving the user the ability yes. to remove their emissions equipment. Well, yeah. So so basically, instead of having check engine lights and stuff, it basically told the engine, you're fine without all this stuff. Mm. That's the problem that they got themselves into, is the user selects yes, and now the truck runs fine deleted, when uh, before you could run a tune, take it off, you might have a check engine light or might have some issues. Now, Derive yeah. is saying, Derive, this holding company, is saying that they bought Bully Dog not knowing that these tunes allowed for that. Is Which that is wasn't that their excuse? possible, but I remember back in the day, Bully Dog saying, nope, we're clean. So it was like, hmm, interesting. And the software would stop the cats, the particulate filters, and you know any other emissions equipment from working. Uh, and then they have to stop selling, off, obviously, the now, offending software. No, it came software. as a surprise to me, quite honestly, because I kind of followed the story loosely. Um or the, the topic, I should say. And I wasn't aware that Bully Dog did sell that software. I always thought it was f- companies like H&S, companies you yeah. know, like, uh, uh, what's what's the new one? Um, EasyLink, uh-huh. you know, th- th- that are making it possible. Or companies that are just, quite frankly, in the Cayman Islands or Canada um, that don't have to worry about the, you know, uh, the U.S., M- the EPA. Yeah. So I wasn't aware that Bully Dog being as large as they they had gotten huge because they had done uh, farm, they'd done over-the-road trucks, they've done consumer vehicles. Um, so. But it's interesting. So it might, it must have been something where you just, they didn't, of course, advertise the fact right. that you could use the this, this, this programming to delete your emissions equipment. Sure. But it was just must have been known that that's why you buy these. Because uh, I didn't know about it. I didn't it. know. I thought they were, you know, dude. We're in the industry from a media, yeah. From from a media standpoint, you know, it's everybody going, "Hey, we're we're clean, we're clean, we're clean, we're clean," because they want us to obviously, you know, promote the product. Um, Here's where it gets. Well, well, look, I mean, you guys, you guys don't probably follow this, but unless you have a brand new Duramax and you're on Facebook every day of the week, there is recently some tuning available now for the L5P and. A lot of guys are very excited about the uh, of, of ability to delete their emissions equipment. And what this program is, it's, it's kind of barbaric if you ask me. You have to send in your ECU. So you have to put your truck in your garage, put the hood up, rip the ECU out, or find a way to buy a, a new ECU, send it to HB Tuner or whoever it is, and they modify your ECU so it can be rewritten or written over and then they send it back to you, and then you buy a tuner and some other equipment that allow you to then modify it's a your lot ECU. of steps. It's four thousand dollars. Oh, four thousand dollars once you buy the the firmware and the license and all the stuff you need to do it. A lot of guys they're like, no problem, don't care about the four grand. 
I want my emissions equipment yeah. gone. But I got to think, dude. Well, here's this is happening. Hold it on gets a worse. Hold on a second. This is happening live on Facebook for the government to watch. Okay, this is very out in the open. That they're this is watching. Happening. I guarantee you, they're watching. They're reading the magazines. They're watching Facebook posts. They're in groups. So everybody thinks you're in a closed group. I guarantee you, there are EPA people in there. And here's where it sucks. Recently, just found out from some uh, some friends in the industry that the California Air Resources Board, as if it wasn't worse, you You've know, heard of us talking about CARB, CARB California right. Air Resources now, Board. They set the kind of the bar for the country. There's right. 12 other states. It could be more, but yeah, that follow their lead. That follow the lead, and like New York is is one of those. So currently, right, right now, if a manufacturer makes a tune that deletes and whatever. Manufacturer comes in, gets fined, can get shut down, penalties and all that. Users are sort of get off the hook. CARB is actively looking to change the rules in California where it'll include CARB, the Bureau of Automotive Repair, the DMV, police enforcement, and insurance companies working together to go all the way down to the end user. And if you were to put that on your vehicle, according to these new rules that they're looking at doing... As an end user, they find out, they go through, let's say, Bully Dog's list of clients. You're on there. They check out your car. If you have that on your vehicle in California, $37,500 fine. And CARB is saying that they don't need to approve intent, only that a violation occurred to prosecute. Oh, my Lord. How freaking scary is that? So here's what's interesting about that. So on my way to work this morning. Okay. I'm in uh, going. I'm in. I'm in Azusa, and I get off the 210 freeway, and I head down Irwindale, the main boulevard. Yeah. And to the right, they're setting up what looks like a sobriety checkpoint with cones in the road, a little 10 by 10 white easy up tent, with I don't know if they were sheriffs or police officers, and they were setting it up, and they pull over big rigs, and they're looking oh, for commercial enforcement. They're looking for commercial enforcement yep. and they're going to walk CHP. out there. Correct. And they're going to walk out there with mirrors yep. on sticks and hold them under big rigs. Yep. They will also look at professional drivers of trucks like the you know, the Ram 67 that I was in. Now, I'm just cruising along and hopefully they don't stop me because I'm just a dude. Yeah. And I'm not puffing black smoke or anything. But if I looked like I was committing some kind of issue, they could stop me, pull me over, put a, put a mirror. And if they see a straight pipe under my truck... They flatbed my truck away. I was told it's ten grand. I I couldn't get that to anyone to cooperate that, but I was told it's a ten thousand dollar fine, and 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 who knows what else. Whoa! So they were doing that. No bueno. This morning, yeah, it's amazing. But I was told that they were going after the big rigs because I apparently the big rig delete business is, is huge. Is huge because yeah. these long haul drivers, they're like, man, if I can take my my uh, my DPF off. Um, my truck will breathe freely, and I'll get an extra four miles a gallon. Yeah. And when you're going three thousand miles, not need def, not need to pay for def, which my is like Lord. Yeah, pretty expensive per gallon too. Yeah, you at the truck stop. So, anyway, uh, that's something for any of our listeners to think about. I mean, it's the the law when it comes to that is closing in fast. And if um, you know, obviously the Trump administration is in power right now. They're going to be fighting California over emissions laws and who sets those standards. But until that gets all sorted out. But just don't put yourself in the situation. So um, not a friendly place to be out where we are. And uh, if once they like, start going after the end user yeah. on this thing, once they go after Sean Holman, Lightning, then all of our friends go, dude, 
I don't, you yeah, know, I'm like, out. I'm out. Yeah. And quite honestly, the new trucks don't need it. Pretty, pretty damn good. Dude, you don't <laughs> pretty, need it. That's pretty, the crazy yeah. part. Like, like so many of our guests have said, I'm sorry to take this on a tangent guys, but yeah. it's something that I've recently become really passionate about is that you don't have to delete that stuff. Yeah. If you have a new truck, you have a new Duramax, a new Ford, a new Ram, like that truck has 900 foot pound of torque yeah. or more. And yeah, it would it would might be nice to not have to buy DAF fluid, but you're also not polluting. You know, you got to look at it that way. Hey, you're you getting a balanced approach. Yeah. Hey, can we get out of the Debbie Downer segment and find something fun to end our show on? <laughs> oh, that's the outro. <laughs> we like your uh, your email. Send us an email. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Something happy, please. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Whoa, whoa. You're not supposed to be louder than the music. You're oh, was I loud? Yeah, you are really loud. I think you had my levels turned up on my mic. No, they're down. All right, well, hey, I am loud. <laughs> uh, and now I'm going to use my voice to impress upon our uh, lovely listeners. Please give us a five-star review or a thumbs up or uh, subscribe or all the things you do on the platforms that you listen to our lovely podcast on. And don't forget... At Truck Show Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And a huge thank you to Nissan, without whom we would not uh, be able to do this silly little show and talk about DPFs and emissions and all that boring and stuff. And five-year, 100,000-mile warranties. Yes. And all-new nine-channel, 12-speaker Fender audio system. Very excited to check that out. When can we get a truck with uh, a Nissan with that 19-speaker oh, uh, system? I'm guessing they're probably going to start building the 19s. Well, that was the, that was the 12 Speaker system. The Fender was 12 speakers, right? Yes, I believe the Fender okay, was the 12 speaker system. Yeah. Uh, I believe that will be uh, in production here. I would imagine pretty quick, probably in the next month or so. Can we get a firsty off the line? Oh, uh, we can get one close. Okay. And a huge thank you to Decked if you're looking for a storage solution. You know what? It's not even if you're looking for a storage solution. You may not know that you need one. Look in the bed of your truck, dude. And if you've got tools and valuables laying all around and you can't figure out, and you're like, that snug top is just not safe enough for me or not convenient. Check out decked.com because they're, when you see them in person, you're like, oh my God, I needed this a long seeing, time ago. Seeing is not enough. Pull the drawer open and feel how smooth <laughs> that they glide. It's not smooth with a TH. It's smooth. Oh, it's smooth. It's so smooth. smooth. Yeah. It's so smooth. Now do yourself a favor and check out Decked. And again, thanks to Nissan. It's the Truck Show Podcast. Please do send us an email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. And hey, this was our first episode in the newly soundproof studio. They can't tell. Um, it didn't reduce the suckage at all. And uh, you know what's funny is we had ants here earlier, and I haven't seen one the entire show. I think we killed them all. No, we didn't. There was one that went in my monster energy drink. Oof. That's why we have ants in the <laughs> studio. Do you think they'll get all big and strong? <laughs> let's think, let's no, leave they... that can there and see if it moves. <laughs> no, but they're uh, moving a lot faster now. <laughs>